podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Tell us about the tattoos. Shut the fuck up, you little prick. But then I've got the phoenix. Hey, prick. So I'll take it from Bob every day of the week. An absolute disgrace. I'm sure this- no one will mind. Move him out of here, then, Darren. Ricky Hatton didn't go over for his fighter because he risked getting abducted and sold into sexual I don't see that. <laughs> <laughs> Both have been rape victims. I'm not watching Frank Buglioni live on Saturday night. Get out of your mind. Jesus Christ, get yourself a life. He's actually a uh, priest. Yeah, yeah. It's because his brother John Fury eye gouged him. What have I told you all this time? He's going to end up sucked out, fucked out, looking for a handout. Boxing, um, Natters, Messenger Group. Oh, they're going to, oh, I'm going to be the king. Jay Bump. You know what I'm saying? Well, hello everybody and welcome to the 493rd edition of the Boxing Asylum Nutters podcast. I'm your host, Steve Wellings, and joining us on the call, we have Matty DiGelonardo, Ozzy Smith and Andy Patterson. Going live on YouTube from 8 o'clock every Sunday evening. The Patreon RSS feed updates shortly after the show concludes. Hello to everybody listening through the week on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Don't forget to leave a review on the podcast player of your choice throughout the entire month of September. Nothing less than five stars is acceptable. Got a few things to to get stuck into shortly, but it's Shakur Stevenson and Robson Conceição, a bit of Kid Galahad, who saw that against Maxi Hughes. We'll find out. We've got questions, we've got Bellew of the Weeks, and a pretty slim pickings for next weekend. God knows what we're going to do, but we'll find something. Maybe we'll bring on a guest or two, who knows. Let's start off, first of all, though, in the Manchester Arena. Manchester, surprisingly enough. Joe Joyce with an 11th round stoppage over Joseph Parker. We'll go to you, first of all, on this one, Matthew. I said in the chat around the sixth round, if Joe Joyce can maintain this pace, there's no way in my mind that Joseph Parker lasts the 12 rounds. Now, Joyce, he did naturally slow a little bit, as you would expect, but not much. That said, I love watching his fights now. He's clearly a friendly guy. He doesn't trash talk easily. We laugh over his clumsiness, his awkwardness. But in that ring, he has a chin of concrete. He has a lovely left jab. He has great punch variety. Thudding power that lasts throughout the fight. Relentless work rate. The point being, Matty. Anybody who beats Joe Joyce, you're going to have to travel through hell to prevail. And oh. I am a fan. And it's, Steve, I'm going to have trouble just not uh, complimenting him as much as you did. It is so unbelievably rare to be this excited about a 37-year-old contender, right? Mm-hmm. 37 years old. And he comes in, knocks out a guy who has shown an incredible beard his entire career, who showed an incredible beard last night, mind you, as well, with uh, an incredible left hook. But before that happened, he was in front of Joseph Parker all night long. 
And there's something really intimidating about this guy, Steve. If you noticed when, when Parker would get a couple of shots off and then turn to get out, he wasn't just like, you know, slowly getting out. He was jogging out. He was trying to get as far away from Joe Joyce as he could for as long as he possibly could. And you got to give Parker credit for staying in there. It was incredible. He landed probably three of the best punches that he's landed in the last five years of his career. And Mm. they didn't budge Joyce. They didn't move him. He came back as soon as Parker hit him and bludgeoned him. Like, if you try to hurt me, I'm going to punish you for it. Like there, and he's just a, it's an incredible fighter and he's slow, right? But his timing's incredible and he's got great reach, great physique. And you think that you're, you're out of the way of this guy and you're not, you're like practically in a range with him at any corner of the ring. It's, it's unbelievable. And as you're saying, his work rate was, was unreal. And I, there wasn't coffee box live, but check this out, Steve, mm-hmm. over the course of the fight, uh, Joe Joyce landed 308 of 844 punches, which is basically three times what Andy Ruiz threw in 12 rounds against Luis Ortiz. He focused a lot on the body. 96 of those uh, landed shots were to the body. Um, He landed over 100 jabs. But what's incredible, Steve, is if you look from round six through 10, Joyce is throwing basically over 90 punches in every single one of those rounds. Unheard of for heavyweight. 270 pounds, six foot seven man, Hmm. throwing nearly 100 punches around, eclipsing 100 punches around. This guy's a beast, Steve, and and the the only two people who I see really troubling him are Fury and Wilder, and that's because if he thinks he can eat Wilder's best punch, I'd like to see it. <laughs> um, and Fury being so tall, so skilled, um, so uh, adaptive in fights, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, it is what it is. I I don't think you can necessarily bully Fury. But what a God would I love to see those fights. And I just wish Joe Joyce was in the pro ranks a few years ago, Steve, because or a few years earlier than he had, because this guy is going to have a short but brilliant career, I do believe. Yeah, adaptable is the key word for Fury. And Joyce is showing a bit of adaptability as well, Andy. Just focusing on the fight itself. I heard that Talk Sport or Five Live, wherever it was, had it 3-3 after 6. And other people were saying that only when Parker started to feel the shot did the tide turn. That is not the fight that I saw. No. I thought Joyce took the initiative early on, aside from shipping a few sporadic counter right hands, a few hefty body shots as well. Parker enjoyed very little sustained impact. I saw him getting systematically broken down and beaten up. Was it was it that one-sided to you, Andy? Yeah, it was, mate. I was just reading Michael Thompson's comment. So I read that as well last night about his bone density um, as, as well. But just on the fight itself, mate, I, I, I agree with you. I think Parker, and I agree with what Matty was saying, I think Parker was doing all he could to try and survive. Fair play for hanging in for as long as what he did. Um, I remember round four, um, he caught Joyce, I think it was about 30 seconds to go in the round with a, with a solid right hand squaring the button and the worst that it did to Joyce was make him blink and he's right back on the, you know, right back to action. Everything that Parker seemed to throw, Joyce seemed to have an answer for him. You know, he, he would come back with his own shots. Another thing landed, obviously, and it, it, it looks like he's he's punched in slow motion. We've discussed this before. And sometimes you think, well, some of these punches aren't really doing much damage, but it, they clearly do. I mean, he's a 270-pound guy. As we mentioned about his bone density, he just, you cannot shift him. An absolute nightmare. And 
I would say Matty missed it music on his list of fighters who would uh, who would give him problems. Oh fuck no! He would, mate. He would give he would give him angles. And he would turn them all night long. Um, he would not. That? He would not be able to. He would not be able to do that against Joyce for twelve rounds. It, it he because Joyce will play the role of the big man. AJ would didn't have the balls to do it. Then maybe have the chin to do it. Joyce does. Remember, remember, AJ's actually knocked out Joyce. I believe in the amateurs. And so, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, he can be knocked out. Anybody can be knocked out at, uh, at this weight. But as I say, Fury, I, I would agree with you. Um, with Adam Music, Wilder, I think if he can't get rid of him with that right hand, I think Wilder's on it a hiding there. To be fair, because as as as, as solid or as what she's just say, as durable as what he's shown in some fights, he can be hurt, badly rocked. And you just think with that pressure coming down on top of him, if he can't get, get rid of him with that right hand, I think Joyce would end up smoking him. Um, that said, just going back to the fight, Par- Parker, especially early doors, was mostly jabs upstairs, downstairs, um, a couple of check left hooks in there, but nothing has, has been mentioned, just bothered Joyce whatsoever. Mentioned round four, round six, Joyce, I think he landed uh, some really heavy shots in that round. And I think it was really about this point, I, I kind of noted that maybe Parker was running out of gas a little bit. And the ending, the left hook, just that slight reaction, just kind of like slight delay in the reaction, and then he went absolutely light. So fair play for trying to get back up, but he just couldn't beat the count. And it's just as well that the fight was waved off at that point because he would have got it worse, to be fair. Um, I don't know what happens with Parker now, to be honest, because, um, you know, he's relocated here. You know, he's left the family behind. Been over here for well over a year now, actually. So it's, it's going to be hard to see what he does next, to be fair. Um so it'll be interesting, but this for Joyce, look, outside of the, the, the three names that we mentioned, he is going to be a tough out for anybody. Um, and fair play to him as well, because he didn't sit on that mandatory position. Was that a, I can't remember if that was a final eliminator for the WBO Didn't they belt. end up being some WBO interim shite? Was, in the inter- was that what it was? It was interim yeah. belt, right, okay. Which is because of the, the rematch and the backup with some of the, the heavyweight fights, so I can understand why WBO have done that. But um, he's, he, could have, he could have sat in that position shall we say, and they could have waited it out, but he chose to pick on, or take on, sorry, uh, the next best guy in that division, sorry, in uh, that ranking organisation, so fair play to him, done the business, ends up without any, you know, any debate, so fair play to Joe Joyce as well, but as you say, Steve, he's, he's going to be an absolute handful for anybody he gets in with. Yeah, he certainly is. Uh, Yimmy Yappy says, Parker won't come back from that, he's made millions, so no need, yeah, and he's yeah. had his soul taken Ozzy, I shit last week on Parker's ability to hang around the top level of heavyweight boxing, a bit like a stain, but he did show a lot of guts last night to hang in there. He tried to pot shots back as much as he could. He landed a few right hands. That finish was glorious. It was just a ferocious left hook that exploded out the blue, caught Parker on the hop, just knocked the absolute life out of him and put a rubber stamp on Joyce's performance. Yeah, it it was a brilliant finish and probably a bit unexpected. I think, you know, when you see Joyce get rid of people, usually, particularly as he's gone up in the levels, it's usually, you know, like um, a swarming of shots rather than, you know, essentially a one-punch knockout, which it was last night. I think Mm -hmm. a bit of exhaustion played into it, but that was solely down to Joyce as well and the way he boxed, the way he used his weight uh, and just basically beat up Joe Parker, who I thought played his part in a very good fight. Um it must be disheartening, you know, when you're essentially you're hitting Joyce with everything and it doesn't do anything whatsoever. Now, Parker's not the biggest of punchers, but he can still dig. And those shots that he landed were flush. And Joyce just blinked and carried on coming forward. And like I say, it must be demoralising. Um, 
I think a lot's been made of how Joyce got completely tagged. I actually thought his defence was a lot better last night than what we've seen previously, um, which is obviously a positive for him. Um, I thought he boxed well. He He's never going to be, you know, fantastic on the eye, is he? It's just his style that he's got. Um, but he's underrated in the skills he's got as well. He's better than just somebody who's got a good chin. His actual boxing ability is pretty decent. He does the fundamentals very well. Capture that with, you know, an unbelievable engine and the fantastic chin. You've got a very good fighter there who is going to cause hell for anybody. Um, I think he gives Fury a lot of problems personally. You know, Fury's, you know, he's gone to this, you know, essentially, you know, this big puncher. I don't think he budges Joe Joyce. So does he go back to his old wave, you know, of just trying to box and move and outbox him, which is possible. But we've also seen Fury, you know, in his recent, he's coming in a lot heavier, but he is fatiguing as well. Now, you know, if he's fatiguing around, you know, round eight or nine, and Joyce is going to still be there, that's going to be a really difficult and long finish for Tyson Fury in that fight. Um, I think he beats Anthony Joshua. I think Joshua will look, you know, could look good in terms of landing the bigger shots. But at the same time as well, I've always said Joshua's power is decent but he's not a one-punch knockout artist. He's, you know, he's one that overwhelms him. And if Joyce rides those shots well, and again, he's there later down the line, plus as well, by the way, he can punch himself. I think he I think he basically bullies Joshua down the straight and could get him out of there. And I think the Usyk one, a bit different. I know we've seen him stopped in the amateurs, but it is completely different now. Longer rounds, you know, smaller gloves, so he's hitting back harder as well. But I think he's a better fighter than obviously what he was back then. And I think the Usyk one would be very interesting. You know, I think we saw, you know, when it was Usyk, Joshua. Joshua boxed, you know, a hell of a lot better. And I'm not saying he brought everything out in Usyk, but, you know, Usyk didn't have it all his own way. It would be interesting, you know, would Joyce have the respect for Usyk's power? Probably not. He poses problems for anybody in the division, Um he, 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 like I said, probably a career best performance last night. Um, I want to give credit to his management team as well because I think the way he's been matched for somebody coming in the pro game so late has been fantastic. You know, compare it to Fraser Clark, you know, who isn't the youngest of heavyweights and he's fighting absolute no marks that do nothing for him. Joe Joyce turned over and boxed Ian Lewinson on debut. Great opponent first up, and he's gone from strength to strength on that. I'll finish on the most amusing thing, which is bizarre, is that the only heavyweight that I think from memory that has really hurt Joyce in the pros is Bryant Jennings, mm. which was, body you know, shot. he hurt him. Yeah, hurt him to the body. And Joyce was visibly sore there as well. You could, I remember seeing it. And then Jennings just kind of gave up. I basically waved the white flag, thought, I've done my bit. I'll just happily see the final bell. Everybody else... You know, Parker did try and work that body a little bit. They've just not been able to sustain it. Um, is that credit to Joyce? Yes. Or do they think they're going to get him out of there in other ways? But yeah, th there is there is weaknesses there, but he's going to be a very, very difficult man to beat. Um, who they go with next, I'm not sure. I don't see him fighting Usyk next, which then means is he just going to stay, you know, what's he going to do? Is he going to stay, you know, on the sidelines and wait? I don't think he can do that. So they're going to keep matching him. And to be honest, if he can't get any of the big ones for a world title, I think he'll probably just go after the biggest money fight he can go and get. 
Yeah, good points from Ozzy though. I have those written in my notes as well. Um, I think Joyce's kryptonite might be to the body, whether you can get there or not is a different matter. Bryant Jennings definitely had success there and Parker was targeting it frequently, not always landing, but he was targeting it, targeting it enough to suggest it was a pre-agreed strategy with Andy Lee and the other boys in the corner. Matty, a lot of people are calling for Joyce versus Deontay Wilder. You mentioned it earlier as well. The murderous puncher versus the immovable obstacle. There's something slightly sick about the idea, but also entirely captivating. I want to know what happens when Wilder lands his Sunday best on Joe Joyce. Isn't that what everybody is curious about more than anything else after seeing some of those bombs he ate from Parker and shrugged? Like Probably breaks his hand with the first shot he lands to. Well, mate, I was going to say, he broke his hand on Tyson Fury's head. His hand will probably evaporate if he lands on Joyce's head and be nothing there. You know, from the way it's worked. He ends up as a Malinagi puncher for the rest of his career. <laughs> yeah, say, yeah. Well, I mean, l- let me tell you this. If if Wilder lands that punch and, and Joyce either takes it or goes down and and, and is not really visibly bothered once he, he gets going again, Wilder's going to lose that fight. He, Look what happened against Fury, though, mate. He was landing, he was trying to throw arsehole winders and then he gasped after was it four or five rounds and then Tyson just basically played with him until he could get his opportunity to take him out. Well, and I think Joyce does start slow. He seems to he he does seem to get a little bit better hand speed later in the fight. His he seems to kind of get a little bit more fluidity. So I think that if Wilder is going to win that fight, he's probably catching uh, a slow and unexpected Joyce with something in the first four rounds. Definitely. Uh, yeah. SW, that's not me, by the way, says, think they'll make Wilder Ruiz if Deontay beats Hellenius. Absolutely, that's what they're aiming for. Uh, Wilder's got generational power, even with Joyce's chin. No, you can't be taking Wilder's right hands like that, assuming that he's still punching like he did before the Fury fight. Kaiser Cobra says, can you imagine if we get this and Wilder lays Joyce out like Dominic Brazil? Oh, that would be an absolute scene. Mate, that would be, a, that would be insane. <laughs> <laughs> it, do you know what, though? Like... We, we say, though, and it's right, Wilder has got generational power and he, he is the hardest sitter in the division by a long, long way. If he's landing those right hands and Joyce does not budge, fuck me, what the hell is like? It'd just be scary to watch. You know, like, that saying, though, you know... Like he has fucking Michael Myers. <laughs> it was, but, I forget who it know. was. If someone on Twitter mate, said something mentioned uh, the, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger and Terminator 2. In the, in the opening scene, yeah. just like it's like Joyce just walking through everybody. It's like he's getting stabbed and shot, and he's still fucking moving forward. I was gonna say, mate, I, I just <laughs> they should have a competition of what drops Joyce if Wilder can't, you know, <laughs> cricket bats, crowbars, AK-47. cars, a, a, anything, yeah, and just see him bulldoze forward. But you have the um, Kentucky it, Derby winner kick him in the head, yeah, you know, just work your way yeah. up. <laughs> Yeah, just keep keep going and he's still there. But but no, I think, you know, I, I think Joyce is quite cute as well. You know, like he will get caught flush at times, but I think a big thing is as well is like I said, his defense was definitely much improved for me. Mm. There was no he was nowhere near caught as much um as he has been in previous fights. So I think he probably knows himself that as he goes up the levels, he can't just eat shots like he did. But Parker at times fucking hell landed flush and you've got to think there's only Wilder whose power I'd fear. You know, realistically, for Joyce, I think he takes everybody else. You know, Fury can dig, but again, I don't put him up there as, you know, like this destructive, you know, huge puncher like Wilder is. Joshua, again, has power, but it's more, you know, the knockouts have come from overwhelming shots rather than just one punch. Wilder's the only one who has got that real, true one-punch power. And 
it's going to be interesting to see. You know, I think fucking Wilder's going to, you know, kill Andy Ruiz. I think it's an awful fight for Ruiz. He'll he could have that body on his record, really could, because Ruiz gets hit hard, gets tagged regularly, and Wilder, you know, for all his faults, is a fantastic finisher and does find that right hand. Ruiz can't um, waddle at distance. He just can't stay there with a guy with that much length and power. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting. It'd be, it will be interesting that fight to see what, um, you know, Ruiz's like hand speed, see if that poses problems. But but overall, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to see what they're going to do with Joyce. Frank Warren said he's going to fight in March. So obviously we won't see him again this year, which I can get. Um, he's going to fight in March. Is he hoping, you know, that the heavyweight division has somewhat played out? I think I heard somebody say that, um, you know, they compare Joyce to like Luis Ortiz and he could be, you know, that avoided heavyweight. But I think the one big difference is, is that uh, Joyce is a mandatory. He's got the interim title, which is pathetic, by the way. Should never have been on the line, given that the bloody champion of the full title defended his belt like three, four weeks prior. So that shouldn't be on the line. And he's got Frank Warren in his corner, which, you know, could be the biggest part of his team going in terms of, you know, who will force a fight regardless. What I'd like to see if it doesn't happen is if Fury does not box Joshua in December, why could Fury Joyce not happen? Why not? You know, I'm seeing talk of Manuel Char. Fuck Manuel Char. What a waste of time that is. Chisora, they were pushing him. He's over begging for Frank's money, baby. Where's the Eddie fucking hearing pages? Exactly. The one thing, um, I mean, look, it's not a fantastic fight, but if I was Warren and you can't get a world title either, you try and bring Deontay Wilder over because it's a massive fight and will pay well. Well, Dillian White, you know, if I'm McGuigan I don't, um, and Dubois, I don't take that rematch. I don't think there's a need to. But one thing I would say is that I think um, Dubois' stock has definitely gone up, you know, as Joyce continues to get these wins and, I think Joyce is, you know, one of the probably the more favoured heavyweights in the division now. And I would say that Dubois' stock, you know, even though, you know, you forget the way he did it, he took that knee. But Dubois was banging that fight and was holding his own. And you forget how young Dubois was, you know, when maybe a bit more different tactics and he might well have been fine in the fight and saw it through. So you guys, it's, picked, um, you guys picked Dubois in that fight. I did, yeah. yeah. I, I genuinely believe I genuinely believe Dubois right. would have got him out of there. And look, you the scorecard said it all. By the way, you talked me out of that. I was going to go with Joyce, thing. you talked me out of it. Who, me? Yeah, you were so me. confident about that. I was, mate. Honestly, I was. I was I'd still massive on Dubois as well. I think he could, I'm not saying he'd be a generational talent, but I think, you know, he is, I think he is top, top class. And with McGuigan in his corner, and I'd go as far as saying I won't be far off backing Dubois in you know the next couple of fights if he wants to back Joyce because I rate McGuigan that highly. Um, but again, it's not a fight I would be taking for Dubois whatsoever. It's just not needed, um, and he's on his own path. Um, but I'd love to see Fury Fury Joyce, you know, rather than if the Joshua fight can't come off. But does Warren want to do that? Does he want to keep that number one spot so he can potentially tie up all the division? I don't know. It's going to be interesting to say the least, but one thing's for sure is Joyce, you know, he's Box Parker. I said the only way he's up, there's not many above Joe Parker really, you know, in the top 10. So it's a case of who, I guess it'll be who pays the most. And Joyce isn't going to be going abroad anytime soon. So who pays the most in the UK? 
Yeah, I think worryingly, Andy, you mentioned as well, Chisora at ringside. They've they've talked about this before, haven't they? They've pushed and shoved. We've seen him fight twice already. Some people were actually justifying it, saying, oh, he wants to give his mate a payday. You think I want to fucking sit there and pay pay-per-view prices to see gives his mate a payday? What kind of shit's that? Look at the state of Tyson as well. I mean, he's clearly not high off fucking helium, is he? You know, what? he's, he's an absolute hypocrite. Well, mate, I think... Um... <sighs> Correct me if I'm wrong, I'm sure there was something a few years back, uh, Fury saying that he would give Chisora a title fight if he'd ever become world champion, I'm sure. That's a number of years ago. This is this is before Chisora started like racking up L's. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I, nobody wants to see that fight. I think everybody else has like, you know, agreed that Chisora needs to be retired. Um, Tyson, Fury and you know the Joshua fight is the one that we, we want to see next, which, by the way, I think Robin, when he comes on the call, that will make the make a, a, a cry to have this uh, any future chat between these two. If this fight doesn't get made in the coming weeks, we should just bin them off and not even talk about this potential fight, like be a bit like Floyd and Pacquiao back in the day, because it's just a fucking shit show. You've got Fury coming out here saying, "Oh, it needs to be signed by Monday." I think Frank was saying it needs to be done soon. George Warren saying the same, but clearly there's still going to be talks in the background in regards to TV and splits and sites and undercard, all that type of stuff, I would imagine. So shit like that kind of get done over the course of a weekend or like a week or two, I would imagine, especially when you're talking like tens of millions of quid being on the line for it. So um, I wish Fury would just sometimes would just shut up really, you know, but it is what it is. But it is for Chisora, mate. I think he's even got himself back into the, uh, some of the top 15 rankings, I believe off the back of the, his last fight, to be fair. So, yeah. As you say, did you, you mentioned about paying, you think I'm going to be paying pay-per-view. I don't think you pay pay-per-view, mate. I'm just uh, worried on behalf of other listeners, yeah. that's all. You're a caring, caring man, I suppose. Um, yeah, I agree with you, mate. Chisora can be binned off anytime you want. He's not a main event for me anymore. Um, does it deserve a title fight? Um, if it's no between Yuzik and Fury... Fury and uh, Music and uh, Welder, Fury and Joshua, that type of stuff, then I'm not really interested. I, was, I mean, the heavyweight division, that, that is your top guys, and that's who you should be fighting. Yeah, Matt Butter's making a good point there. Not that I want to go off on a tangent, but yeah, this AJ Fury shit, man. There's no way on hell's earth that zone and ESPN and BT and God knows who else are going to come up with some kind of reasonable agreement to have that fight. Yeah. On other people's apps or whatever, or other people's pay per view platforms, no chance. But the zone are going to be asking the question as well. I mean, obviously they're looking at the contract, but fucking Joshua, I imagine, is going to be tied into the zone now, and he's going to you know fight on their station. I would imagine. Um, well, they got him exclusive, didn't they? And then he went off to Sky for yeah, the pay per view, is... got beaten, and they're not going to let him fight somewhere else again, surely. Otherwise, the shittiest negotiating ever in boxing history. This is what I'm saying, though. <laughs> I mean, this uh, this clause for the for, for the Joshua Music fight was like came out of nowhere for most of us, didn't it? Like, well, I thought it was with his own, but you're right. I mean, look, who the who the fuck is going to watch Joshua on on an app, anyways? To be fair, I mean, me, and then, what, you. Oh, I suppose you've got the zone out there. I suppose, yeah. but. Uh, we mentioned the, the, the pay point as well. How much was the pay-per-view last week? I think Ozzy mentioned it during the week there. It was one of the most expensive pay-per-views to buy in what, the UK. the Canelo UK, one? Yeah, in UK no, mate, no. Oh, sorry, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, well, go off Ben and Eubank. So, again, it's the same policy from where if you're a DAZN subscriber, it's £20. But if you're not a DAZN subscriber, the only way you can buy the pay-per-view is becoming a subscriber and then purchasing the pay-per-view on top. So well, the sub, I, think the sub, I think it's £8 a month. 
So if you're doing it in, you know, in one transaction, the pay-per-view is costing you 28 quid. Yes, you'll get them a month's worth of other shows potentially on top of that, depending on what the schedule is. Lots but of darts, initial... Oz. Lots of darts. Yeah, well... For you, not for us, though. Yeah, we don't, you, get we don't get DOS. We get fucking women's Spanish football, a Ronaldo documentary. What else is there, Ozzy? Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's because of all the different licensing rights that it, uh, over yeah, the but, yeah. So this is the stuff. this yeah. is the of why DAZN struggles in the UK at the moment is yes. they don't have the rights to anything meaningful as such. You know, like essentially, unless they're never going to pick up the NFL in the UK, which would drive subscriptions, they're never going to get the Premier League stuff anytime soon, which obviously would drive subscriptions. The cricket is tied up. There's not much else that is going to drive loads of subscriptions for people. So essentially, you're you're paying eight pounds to watch Matchroom shows and Golden Boy. That's it. So it's you know it's incredibly difficult for um, you know for them. And that policy you know where you need to subscribe first before then purchasing it. I think it just it removes that you know that impulse buy you know people coming back you know potentially after a few beers and think right I'll press the red button and get it now. It's just not good, you know. Yeah, you, you can't fill out your postcode and start coming yeah, up with passwords exactly, and everything. Yeah, yeah. well, it's <laughs> not just that. You'll leave something like, about that. You'll probably have to enter, you know, like credit card details or something like that for a monthly payment. So it's not as if a one-off payment what either. What does that say, Janice? Four, four, six. What is it? Uh, exactly. Yeah. I'm going to see what Dave Lee. Dave Lee told me something during the weekend that he he'd noticed that. I think it was him anyway. He must say it. Don't you go mm-hmm. It's just, it's just, oh, what was it? I just say it's difficult. And, you know, we're talking about that, you know, the ju- potential dual broadcast, you know. Interesting, George Warren said it. that's the wrong term to describe it, so I'm not sure what it would be. But are you telling me that basically what sane person is going to purchase the, the you know, the show on basically on, basically on the zone over BT? For ease, you know, people coming in, it's just going to be, Bang through the button, away we go. That's it. Not having to faff around subscribing with everything. And I think that's what's going to be a problem. Um, it'd be a real shame if the broadcasters do hold this fight up. Um, I understand the need to, you know, to get it out there. That's saying, I don't think they need to worry about tickets personally, because this is going to go to where, wherever, I don't know if it's Wembley or I don't know where they're talking about, but wherever it's going, it's going to sell out in a day. Not even that, hours. You know, it's, it's the one of the it'd be probably the biggest British heavyweight fight of you know God in what whatever potentially Fury Joshua. So you, they don't need to worry about tickets. Yeah, it's sandwiched in when the World Cup's on, but ultimately, you know, the two of the biggest names in British boxing history. I don't think they need to worry about that. Yeah, they don't want to be doing it. You know, five weeks, six weeks out. But I think they've got a bit longer. Than you know the letting on because I think they know they've no qualms in selling it. I guess the only stuff will be is any publicity, but again, it sells itself for me. And if England are doing shit at the World Cup, which the way they're playing at the moment, there's every chance Woo! this fight will take over. This fight will take over, and it's a massive fight. So I think the promotional angle of it is they've nothing to worry about. And tickets wise, I think from memory, Fury White was announced fairly late ish, and it sold out in a day. You know, and they brought more tickets on, and that sold out. Joshua, Fu- Joshua Fury is going to be exactly the same. So they've no quite, you know, they've nothing to worry about it from that perspective. I guess it's just getting everything else in place. But for me, I think they've got probably from tomorrow, depending on how tomorrow's meetings go, you know, with the broadcasters 
and getting, you know, the final bits of the contract tied up. I'd say they've probably got a week to 10 days. I think after that it becomes extremely difficult then. Uh, and I think if it doesn't happen in December, I don't think we'll see the fight at all then, at all. Just on the Andy, comments. You, yeah, you were, looking, you were looking for a bit of information there of Dave yeah. Lee. Well, Matt Butters has jumped in here. Dave Lee, if he subscribes, we'll be getting Polish wrestling today, Andy. <laughs> Maybe a bit of kabaddi tomorrow. Who knows? Go ahead. <laughs> that Indian game, eh? Wild, mate. I, so I, I found the comments. It says, uh, Dave Lee was telling me, it says, um, and even paying for the pay-per-view isn't straightforward as clicking a button. If you're watching on TV, you have to scan a QR code, which takes you to the website, where you then have to sign in and confirm your purchase. <laughs> Boxing's average viewer is aged mid-50s. Try telling them about QR codes. And he's right. I mean, can you imagine yeah. me trying to tell my 65-year-old dad, hey, you buy the, buy, you, buy, you need to scan a QR code. It's like they're trying <laughs> to get through the crystal maze or that. I've still got a knock of 3300 here, man. What the fuck? You know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, wild, man. As you say, as Ozzy says, man, can you imagine coming here and gasp in the pub? You know, you're not going to be fucking... You might start, start to stand and scan a QR code and then go to sign in, like, multiple failures because you can't fucking see properly because you type, type in your fucking password and keep forgetting it. And you end up... Oh, nightmare. As you say, the red button would be the ideal well, thing. that's why the PBC aren't so stupid. They were laughing at them, weren't they? Wasn't it at a pay-per-view a couple of years ago? There was Andy Ruiz. I can't remember what it was, but they were saying that it was still ordering during the phone or through the their equivalent to Sky in America. They were laughing yeah. at the PBC for that. But the demographic and the age of people that they're going for, ringing up the phone and doing like you used to, whatever, is the perfect way to get them. You know, they're not as stupid as you think, Andy. Yeah, exactly, mate. Exactly. Oh, I mean, another thing as well, obviously, Eddie bringing up, you know, a, a subscription now includes a buy for a pay-per-view. So I want to see Sky's next report on their pay-per-view that they put out for the next few days, for their next pay-per-view fight, for example, and that they will include all the subscribers of fucking Sky Sports. So I'm up to about, I imagine I'm up to about 10 million pay-per-view buys with imagine for the next Sky, Sky pay-per-view event. What an absolute shit show. Yeah. Yeah, Matt, uh, Matt, Matt Butter's finally there, just closing and said he's right. There's something to do with pub licenses with his own as well, some kind of issue. So you can't gather in the pubs as well, which doesn't help. Whoever's uh, pulling the strings there, whether it's the homeless hobbit, Mr. Markovsky himself or somebody else, then uh, sort it out, I say, sort it out. Uh, we were talking, Andy, um, off air. Sometimes you get shows clashing. Obviously, we had Hughes and Galahad last night. The Fury, uh, Joyce and Parker, sorry, clashed as well. I found last night really difficult to negotiate for some reason. Yeah, the fights just seemed to be clashing with each other. I was having trouble with the Joyce Parker undercard. My credit card kept on buffering when I was trying to get access to the undercard. Just could not get it working for some reason. So I've got a list in front of me. I watched most of Kakachi against Magnesi. Didn't see Esserman. Unfortunately, the fight I got in full its entirety was my food against Serrano, which was shite. Didn't get to see Heaney, Heffron, or this Raven Chapman. What did you get to see of it? Uh, the, so, between the, the, the two cards, mate, um, try to think. Give me a second to pull them up here. Uh, I think I've seen, I seen bits of the Kikachi fight. Um, Mikey box pretty well, I think, uh, for what I can recall. I missed the Antwi fight. Uh, I can't mind what was happening between that. I think it might have been. I think there was an undercard here. Give me a second, mate. Jumping between two links here. Well, Grimes uh, saying Esserman looked good. I saw someone on Twitter saying Esserman I, uh, looked flat. I, I saw it all. I right. saw all the big D undercard. Um, I thought I, I'll go from, you know, like basically top to, uh, apart from the Serrano fight, which I didn't watch actually, uh, but by all accounts, that was one that was basically absolutely fine. No problem to miss. Um, but aside from that, Esserman, I thought looked good. Um, Started slowish, um, and Antwi had some success early on, but then Esserman took over and did what he does. And 
You know, I don't think he's ever going to be this big puncher, but he's going to be difficult to beat. You know, he's, he's got a brilliant engine, gets quicker rather than gets slower. Um, and, you know, I, I think, you know, he, he's won the British title outright now, which is a great achievement. Time to step him up. You know, David Avanesian's, you know, the European champion. I think they're good mates. So I think that basically that fight is just dead in the water um, from, you know, from what's been said previously. Uh, but yeah, look to step him up now. You know, I don't know what route they'll go. Potentially try and get him, you know, like some sort of, you know, the, the rankings will have maybe, you know, like a, a good European level fight or a, a fringe world level fight. He's not the youngest. So I think, what is he now? I mean, uh, 33, 32, 33. So, you know, I'm not saying time's not on his side, but he can't hang around at domestic level forever. Um, Nathan Heaney, Jack Flatley, fucking hell, what a sickness. Um, I have money on Jack Flatley at four to one. The price was just wrong, you know. I saw that as a genuine fifty-fifty, but bloody hell, it was a terrible, terrible cut on um, on over the eye of Nathan Heaney. Accidental head clash. Terrible, real, real messy cut. Uh, one of the worst I've seen actually. So that's Heaney out for the foreseeable. Um, Heaney gets the win, you know. Technical deci- technical decision. Stinks really, you know. I think it's it's always frustrating, you know, when you're four rounds, four completed rounds in, and you're having to award a winner. You know, I think it's just a bit of a signal that. Um, Raven Chapman, you know, good win over uh, Guanini, you know, ex world champion uh, Chapman. You know, like the look of her. Not going to see many stoppages in women's boxing, and that Guanini's tough, but Chapman actually has a bit about her. Um, but Mark Heffron was, um, you know, blitzed his opponent, as he should. Needs a big fight next, in my opinion. Um, you know, I understand they tried to make the Jack Cullen fight for this show. But basically, as Heffron had beat Lennox Clark, he went on holiday immediately. And I think the turnaround time, basically, Joe Gallagher just took the decision as, you know, basically, we're not taking it. You know, Mark's away on holiday. Um, you know, he's basically been eating and drinking what he wants. Fair enough. If they want to take a dangerous fight like Cullen, make sure it's right. Uh, and all the circumstances play into Heffron's favour. Shame, really, because it was a big show and it would have been fantastic for the card, for Manchester. You know, Heffron's from Oldham, Cullen's from Little Lever. Um, you know, not. it's a shame it didn't happen, but there's no reason why it can't happen again later down the line. Uh, and then, you know, one, one my favourite fight of the undercard was Kakachi against Magnesio. Magnesi was better than these usual no mark Italians that come forward um, and basically God just get beaten all the time. He was um, he was decent. <laughs> he was actually good. I thought he was basic as such um, from a perspective of you know he, he just basically came forward, but he had a good chin. Um, I think he got to Kakachi a little bit as well, landed good shots, and Kakachi probably suffered from just being horribly inactive and you know for basically for years, you know, last four years, five years. But a good win. I thought the cards were too close for my liking. I could catch you, you know, a winner by 116-112 for me. Um, he, you know, looked good. Got got better as the fight went on. So, yeah, so overall, you know, a, a decent, really, really good card, you know, for, for what we've been served up, you know, for the last probably 12 to 18 months across all three broadcasters, by the way. And I know this was pay-per-view, but pay-per-view is here to stay. And the fights that used to be on pay-per-view, you know, the permutations have changed now. You know, it's not just a case of we need, you know, it's the fights that I must see. They use it to boost the purse. Otherwise, they're just not going to happen. But the card was good. It had depth. 
It was impressive. Um, and long may it continue now, to be honest. Long may it continue. Long may it continue. We'll not continue for too much longer. Go on, Andy. Who's the number one promoter in the UK now? Um, I know where you're going with this. Uh, it's got to be Dan and Fight Zone now. Or Ben yeah. Sh- Bean Shalom. Bean Shalom. <laughs> Oz. Oh, difficult one. I've seen a few people say uh, Frank's back, mate. I've seen a few people yeah, say Frank's I back. Agree. So. I agree. Yeah, yeah I'm, not, I'm not sure. I think they're all much of a muchness at the moment. I definitely think Hearn has dropped off from what he was. You know, definitely he has got he his mean, eyes mate, He's doing shows in Australia, Spain, Italy, yeah, Germany, all that place, mate. Said, you know, nobody's doing it international like Eddie does, you know? Yeah, well, yeah, but if we're, if we're judging off UK promoters, I couldn't give a fuck what he does in other countries. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's um, it's interesting to say the least. I don't know, I've seen, you know, I've seen, you know, talk that Warren's, you know, by a long way in terms of who he's got in his stable and the champions. I've seen, you know, other people say Sky, uh, but I'm on a bit. I don't know, I me, mean, you know, I, I agree with Steve, actually. If we're going to pick anybody, Den in the car park, you know, he transformed boxing in the lockdown, <laughs> you know, yeah. Hobson and Fight Zone. Yeah, a few folk in the chat saying brick top, so uh, kind of be far off, you know. Being Shalom, though, if Hennessy sticks around, that could be a nice partnership, that, because Hennessy, we always know, has the skills, but for some reason manages to get himself sacked mm-hmm. from everywhere. But he has the ability. <laughs> if, if he can get in with someone like creepy young Bean Shalom, I'd say the two of them could be a good duo. Yeah, like, well, Parker was with Sky, though. He said yeah. over there to get bashed up. Well, they had, they had the. I think they thought basically he'd win, and they had the rematch on Sky, didn't they? That was in the contract. So if Joe Joyce got beat, he was jumping over to Sky to ensure that he. Uh, what's it called? To ensure he gets, you know, basically gets the um, the rematch. Um, I agree on that. If Hennessy can get involved, I think he's got his. No pun intended, but his fingers in a few pies as Mick. You know, he's lost that Channel Five Ooh. contract. Which is bullshit, by the way, because some of the fucking dross Wasserman are serving up. <laughs> They're dicking around with all those stupid fucking YouTube fights. German you, honestly, I've seen Nisa Sauerland and Kala Sauerland in Bolton a couple of weeks ago, who actually they accidentally put on a good sh- um, a good top of the bill, but that's because the board made that fight. They're just they're absolute clowns, mate. Honestly, they walk around like the fucking you know these big dogs. They're caricatures, you know. They're just cartoon characters of what they are, you know. I always say they had the best cruiserweight in the world on their books and they had him dressed up as Super Mario chasing Jake fucking Paul <laughs> Ryan. You know, just embarrassing. And the fact that the, some of the crap they've put on Channel 5, they wanted to headline that Channel 5 card with Lyndon Arthur in an eight-rounder and st- stick the British title fight on the undercard and which would be shown at a later date. It's Remember only it? when fucking... Others got involved and basically said, what the fuck are you playing at? Just mm. shows me they don't care. And I feel for Hennessy, because by the way, I'm pretty sure Hennessy last year had two fight of the year contenders on Channel 5. Yeah, Eggington yeah. and that Bill Al guy, wasn't it? Yeah. And I'm sure he had another one as well. Was Shaqan Pitters not involved in one as well in like a British Oh, Magani was, uh, as well. Richard, he was like yeah, a good yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wasserman, man. They're like Lowell and Hardy, them two. Oh, they're, they're a fucking joke, mate. Tweedledee and Tweedle fucking dumb, the pair of them. 
Uh, yeah, good luck. Good luck going forward, I think, is the message that we're putting out there. Yeah, Fat Mick shouldn't have been canned off, but he is. Uh, hopefully, he'll uh, hook up with Bean Shalom and do a good job over on Sky. Anyway, just reminding the listeners, you are listening to episode 493 of the Boxing Asylum Notes podcast. Ozzy's back with us, thankfully. Matty's here as well, Andy, alongside me, Steve. Just before we go stateside, over to our American brothers and sisters. And let's have a look through the chat, see who's hanging around. Grime. He's hanging at the bottom of the pond, along with Johnny Horsecock Nelson, Harvey Price, Boxing Returns, Bump of K, Sad Ken, uh, Alex Bellotti's there, uh, Yimmy Yappy, Matt Butters, who joined us over on Patreon this week. Welcome to you, Matt. Uh, Frenchie, Big A, Stephen Jones, Number One, SW, at the Boxing Asylum, that's us. Uh, Big A, mentioned him, maybe, who knows? Michael Thompson's there as well. Dopey Hopey, uh, Mark Stanton, good evening. Just scrolling up, seeing else, who else is there. Uh, Willie Outstand, aka Will You Stand 86, uh, Bump of K, I think I mentioned him as well, slacking tonight, it's getting to me, let's have a couple more before we go on to stateside, Chase Athletics, our American correspondent is there, so is Kaiser Cobra, and just floating at the bottom, Jason Chahal, says Mr Wellington, good evening to you as well Mr Chahal, let's go stateside then shall we, Matty, over in the Prudential Centre, Newark, New Jersey, look like a good atmosphere by all accounts, Shakura Stevenson neutralising the threat of Robson Conceso over 12 rounds. I thought Conceso worked hard. He never stopped pitching. He presented his usual awkward style, but he never managed to get a foothold in the fight. He was kept at range, made to miss and hurt several times to the body. Now, let's talk about Shakur Stevenson, Matty. I don't think Stevenson religiously ticks every box at the moment, but he's a superb talent. He lacks a bit of serious power. I think there's some chin issues lurking, but who's going to get close enough to test the chin while he's maturing into this skilled well-rounded fighter. He's going to be really difficult to beat. I see pound-for-pound status in the future. He's getting the Wellings kiss of death. I believe he's going to become that good. He's definitely going uh, into a stacked division with a whole lot of talent. Um, They're talking about uh, him against uh, Lomachenko next, if Lomachenko gets through his next fight. Um, Lomachenko, although he's lost a step, has such good foot movement and foot speed. That he could, that he could probably close a different distance on Shakur, and I and I think that's a good fight and um, a, a good win against Lomachenko would be a hell of a statement. But that lack of power in a stacked 135 pound division, Steve, I I just don't know. Like if you were to put him up against a Tank Davis, you know how would that go? Um, Ryan Garcia could certainly crack if he could get his head in the right place, but it kind of looks like they're they're making Ryan Garcia versus Tank, which is very interesting. Um. But I'll tell you what, uh, a fight that I think is just absolute nightmare for Shakur, and as well as a nightmare for us to watch, is Devin mm. Haney. Yeah. That I is? have no finish on that. I, it's just <laughs> you, you can't know, leave us hanging there for fuck's sake, Matthew. Come on. It's just it would be aesthetically just terrible. It'd be awful on the eye. It would be boring as shit. But from a dimensional aspect. When you make all things equal, I, I think I would take Haney's jab to carry the day. Uh, no chances. He's got freakish long arms, day for the weight, hasn't he? Mm-hmm. I'd be surprised. That's where they're going, though, isn't it? Because Haney's with top rank as well. He's going to beat Cambosos in this rematch. And Stevenson name checked in, Matty, before we move on to the boys. So I think you are right that they are going to make that fight, or at least try to make that fight next. Yeah, it, or I think it might be Lomachenko and then... And then Haney, I, I don't know, but Steve, I mean, just yeah. uh, like try to play that fight out in your head. It, it's a fucking cure for insomnia. 
Yeah, it is. Ricky Gravel, he's not fallen asleep yet. He's just woken up. Goodness knows on what. 4.49 flying in on the Super Chat. Thank you very much to you, Richard. He is a key member of the Boxing Nutters group. If you want to join him, go over to patreon.com forward slash Boxing Asylum. He's in there posting quit videos sending on a daily our, basis. Quit sending our members nudes, Rick. Quit sending our members nudes. He, he's, I'll tell you what, he's on his best behaviour, Matty. He's very well behaved, young gentleman, is Richard. Oh, well, good for him. Good to see he's turned over a new, a new leaf. He has indeed, absolutely. Uh, moving on to you, Andy, this same fight as well. Obviously, Stevenson came in overweight. He said afterwards he tried hard to make it. I suppose we've got to take him at his word. He tweeted out as well, I gave it my all. I've been professional my whole career and made weight, but my body just can't make 130 anymore. My health has to come first. I'm moving up to 135 in my next fight. He's growing so fast. I can see him as high as welterweight over the next couple of years, which is fine as long as he moves through the weight classes and actually fights the top opponents along the way while he's going through them. Yeah, that's a fair comment, actually, to be fair, because obviously I'm going up in weight now as well. It does ask the question, is he going to be fresher? Is he going to be a bit more active in terms of out output? Because uh, I, I felt mostly that fight, anyway, he got away with just throwing single shots or a lot of single shots from if time to time. Maybe he varied it up with maybe three punches here and there. Maybe it's a weight issue, but Conce Sal never really made him work, I don't think. I think, you know, mm. that's that's the second time now that I mentioned it last week. And maybe it was because, slightly because of Valdez's drug issue that maybe that's the reason why he finished strong. But Conce Sal, man, just like he just dialed that in. Maybe he was just worried about his own gas tank, I don't know. But it's um, that's two fights back to back where he's just let it go or just hasn't made a proper go at it. You know, basically hanging your balls out there, mate, and fucking go for it. Um, that said, I just think Stevenson, you know, got, got by, really. I think he got a wee bit frustrated during the fight as well with some of those low blows. I think he got a, had a point off, I think, as well. Um, maybe he was running the risk of another uh, two points coming off. I think he, he got warned again for another low blow. But um, it's going to be interesting to see how he is up at 135 against bigger guys who are coming down from, like, say, 147, for example, you know, you know, in terms of weight, etc. Is it going to improve his output? Um, how would his power look, for example? A type of thing, but it was not an exciting fight, you know. For a guy to get paid, what was it? Someone said three million dollars. Three know. million, and Conceição said was supposed to get two hundred grand. He ended up with three fifty yeah, for taking for the, the fight, weight. and he got some of the purse. Yeah, for the weight. I mean, if, if that's the effort that Conceição was going to put up, then he'd be better just taking the money and running. Um, and just you know what it is, Andy? Sorry to interrupt you. I think Conceição at times did open up, and every time he did, his body was wide open, and Shakur hurt him to that body. Yeah. And he knew he was going to get stopped. I think if he opened up, he's got no he's got no variation, has he? He's got he's got no other part for like say the, no. the jab and the right hand, maybe a hook here for time and time. But he's very very straightforward. Squares up a fair bit in that as well. So yeah, as I say, he's middle half of that fight, Conte Sal was very, very negative, looking to hold, I said, most have been negative, as I said, Miss Stevenson been warned as well for low blows, and just looked like he was frustrated, he was even jawing at the ref a couple of times, the ref telling him, not to, you know, you don't need to do this shit, it was clearly he's, he's on a different level, but um, it's just disappointing, it was just disappointing, you know, as I say, to, to get paid that amount of money, and just to have that type of performance, just, you know, just poor, mate. It's just poor. Um, I'll leave it at that. Um, if he's up in weight, then obviously we want to see Haney, we want to see Lomachenko. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with Gervonta Davis at this point, actually, to be fair. We'll wait and see in the next couple of weeks or the, the, the coming months. But um, hopefully he doesn't come up and he's he's then maybe picking up the, the Cambosis fight, for example, if, if he takes an L. To Haney, maybe uh, Shakur might want a, a feeling fight, for example, at the at the weight class. I think that's probably fair to say. Um, 
I'm just trying to think. Was the the guys? Uh, is it those? Is it, is it Who's he fighting? Is it Ramirez? Is that fight still on? Or is that off? Oh, that's about one forty, isn't it? So that wasn't even. Wasn't even possible. Pride was supposed to fight names. Pro Gray, I think, wasn't it? Was that it one Pro was. Gray, he was fighting. Yeah. It's about one forty though, eh? So that's that's no that's no hanging. I'm just trying to think of some names of who you can maybe fight if we're not going to get the big the big names straight away. To be fair, Maxi um, Hughes. Yeah, Max is looking for a big fight, looking for a big payday. Um, Seriously, you know, like, you know, Hughes is in the form of his life. He's wanting that massive payday. He wants to fight Ryan Garcia. Stevenson's just as big a fight in terms of, you know, it's going to be in America. So why not? It wouldn't... Look, I think Stevenson had absolutely wiped the floor with him. But realistically, you know, you could think of far worse opponents to choose than uh, than what's it called, you know, as a a welcome to the what's it called, welcome to lightweight type of thing, you know, test the waters at the weight. Um, you know, I think the form Hughes is in, I think he'd give Cambosis a fight at the moment off previous uh, previous performances. So, yeah, I think it'd be um, someone like that. It wouldn't shock me, mate, if Stevenson just goes in at the top level and goes for it, you know, and just thinks, yeah, I'm, um, you know, I don't... He's a champion, why fuck around? Yeah, exactly. But yeah, exactly. Is, though, you've got a lot of talent there that's across the street. You know what I'm saying? You know, if you take in, for example, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head, you've got well, obviously you've got Ryan Garcia, you've got Davis, uh, Abdullayev, who's high, highly ranked. He's he's rushing, he's not going to get a fight anything. Diaz, I think, is way the zone or is way one of the one of that crowd at least. We also we've got uh, Isaac Cruz, you know, Isaac Cruz, Bobby's first name's called, you know, Showtime fighter. Uncle Al is involved with that one. So really, some of these fights are not going to happen. So you're looking at Loma, you're looking at Haney, guys who are going to be like demanding top dollar, if, you know, if they're going to take that Stevenson fight as well, I would imagine. Uh, Matty, you mentioned about Stevenson there being a two-weight world champion. Obviously he is, and that's a great achievement, but I want to see names now. I mean, didn't he win a vacant WBO at the one weight, then he moves up, and then he's winning. Uh, he's won a couple of titles, fair enough, he beat Valdez. But this bullshit, it's, it's has a little bit of a broner whiff about it for me. Oh, four-weight world champion. I want to see yeah. names now for Stevenson, not weights. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of the whole um, in, in what he's got going, is, is that the quality of victories aren't quite there. Um, so... I, I think he's kind of got to dive in. You've got plenty of good names in the division. And if he wants a belt, he's got to go straight to them. Um, and that's where the money's at. You know, uh, there's, I mean, I'm sure Bob's got some 135 pound guys. He can toss them for cheaper money, but like you said, two weight world champion, there's no sense messing around. Um, get him in the ring with, uh, with uh, Lomachenko or Haney next, just get it done. Just, and, and let's see, and let's see that happen. Uh, it's, you know, you you can't you, you can't be wasting these guys' career like this when there's so much on the table. I mean, 135 is stacked, and we don't know where a lot of these fighters are going to go based on their builds and how long this window of opportunity is going to be for them to fight each other. So hopefully, they can cast some politics aside and and give us some entertaining uh, fights at a really stacked division. Matthew, what about Jojo Diaz? Uh, Joe, isn't he Joe in trouble? Boone. Wasn't wasn't he on the fiddle, Jojo Diaz? He was up to no good, wasn't he? I yeah, he's been done. He's not got arrested for interfering with a weak minor or something. Yeah, like that. something my like that. I thought he had a fight schedule, Diaz coming up. They pulled, mate. They got pulled, I'm pretty sure. Give me a second. Just pull was that, that Fortuna or is that somebody else? I thought, I'm sure I've seen him in schedule for another name. 
Unless I'm wrong, I'm not sure. I thought it, he was. There it is, sir. Uh, ESPN. Uh, unidentified plaintiff has filed a lawsuit against professional boxer Jojo Diaz, <coughs> accusing the former IBF champion of attempting to coerce a minor into engaging in sexual activity. Uh, that was in April this year. Yeah, he's, he's got a boxer called yeah. William William Zapeda. Oh, the big puncher oh, from Deserve. Yeah, oh, right, okay. yeah, that's right. That's a good fight. 29th of October. Oh, there you go then. So Fighting yeah, in so, and out well, of the ring. Well, yeah. Well, and honestly, they're bringing a lawsuit, not criminal charges. It's a lawsuit. So I've just seen that. Yeah, so he can still yeah, fight. He can still fight in between, yeah. right? Okay. But he's had issues. Oh, like, yeah. he had issues last year. Where he had a DUI. He had management issues. Remember? Yeah, he had he's had a few issues, issues and he has on the outside of the ring. And then lost his title on the scales. I'm sure. So yeah. yeah. Running the options yeah. as well, that one. Try to get a blowjob for a six-pack or something. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I, I would not rule out, honestly, Maxi Hughes going over there as an opponent, potentially. I really wouldn't. I think that's, you know, Hearn, you know, wants, what will try and deliver him that big fight. He's not going to get him that world title, so it's essentially going to be what Hearn can get the most. That's going to pay good money. That wouldn't surprise me, that, you know, and... It's fairly marketable as you know, like he's been on a good run. You know, he's got what's he won like his last six or seven fights, you know, underdog in every one of them. If he does do that, I mean, I'm with Matty Me, you know, he's a two eight world champion. Fucking get get stuck in at the deep end, you know. You, you it's not as if we don't know if he's good enough. We know that he's more than fucking good enough. And ultimately, it's not as if he's testing the weight to see how he feels at it. He's no choice but to go up in weight because he can't make 130 anymore so it's 135 and if he's no good there well sorry you know you're goosed but you know his talent alone you know we'll we'll see him through fights so if he is going to have one warm-up you know it wouldn't surprise me um you know or do the it's tough really because you've got all the politics but like what about rolly romero you know someone like that he was shitting on stevenson on twitter last night yeah but if he's tied but is he is he tied to PBC or not? Oh, I'm right. sure they'd be willing to let him go, Ozzy. I... <laughs> Mate, you never know, though, do you? You never know with this stuff. But yeah, someone like Romero, you know, if he's going to have a, dare I say, fucking, um, they're not going to pull up the corpse of uh, Jorge Linares, are they, as one last yeah. payday for Linares for Stevenson? Eddie I would do not. that. Eddie would do that for one of his lightweights. But the thing Absolutely. is, Ozzy, I actually agree with you. From uh, from a neutral perspective, who wants to see Maxi Hughes against Shakur Stevenson? For, but from Maxi's perspective, you know what? That was a quality scalp against Galahad, even though he's depleted. No more pissing around now. You can't keep putting Maxi in these 50-50 fights where he could yeah. lose a close one and then be thrust back yeah. into obscurity. Get this man a payday now. That's what he deserves. That's what I mean. And I'm not, look, I'm not saying it's a fantastic fight for Stevenson, but if he does want something to... Right, I want a fight at one three five before then going for a world title after that. I don't think it's the worst fight. I've seen a lot worse for people coming up to the weight, by the way. You know, in context, you know, contrast, Alexander Usyk came up to heavyweight and fought Chaz fucking Witherspoon. So, you know, look mm. at it in that way. I've seen fighters jump up in weight and fight a lot worse than what we've seen already. So, yeah, I don't think it'd be worse. And I think Hughes would definitely take it. It'll be a massive payday for him. And you know what? He'll get beat, but he'll still come back and could go again in one of these 50-50s and might well win and create other opportunities for himself. So I don't think it's the worst, personally. I don't think it's the worst. Yeah. Which uh, Rob was here to, you know, to 
to get his opinion in on this one, but God damn it, he just got other Rob's shit. Be, Rob, Rob will surface at some point, don't worry. Don't worry, he'll be here. Yeah, a couple of things before we move on then. First of all, David Palmer, uh, Matty, you mentioned earlier, where's the money at? Tell you exactly where it's at. It's here, seventeen ninety nine. Who rules one thirty now, lads, that Stevenson is moving up? Matty, well, I tell you it's what, I've got listings in front of me. This is slim pickings. you got Oscar Valdez. Mark Magseo, didn't he lose to somebody? Who did he lose to? That was um... Mark Magseo just lost his featherweight title. Yeah, to yeah, yeah. Uh, Ray Ray Oh no, yeah. he's moved up. That's right. After losing to no, he lost to uh, Vargas, wasn't it? Ray Vargas. Yeah, he that's lost. Right. He lost to Ray Vargas re- uh, recently. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you what. Sh- Shakur's moving up to 135, which is yeah. a shame because it is official that a guy at 126 that I wanted him to fight is moving up to 130. So you're new, and I wouldn't even say he's a dark horse candidate. I think he's going to knock out Oscar Valdez if he get a chance. But I'm talking Oscar Navarrete. Um, he's a weird, awkward, uh, high Manuel volume. Navarrete. Manuel Navarrete. Manuel Yeah. Emmanuel, thank, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, I was thinking Negrete for some dumb reason. Thank you. But Navarrete, I mean, he is he's such a funky, weird fighter, and that's not the kind of power that goes away jumping four pounds. Uh, so I think that what you're going to see is, yeah, there's a big lack of talent at, or at least names, at 130 pounds. But I think you're going to end up seeing a Valdez uh, showdown with Navarrete sometime next year. And uh, that should prove uh, a little bit of who is the best. I know Cordina is defending against that Rakamov, and that's a that's a good tough fight. That is, if he beats Rakamov, Saudi that's Arabia, a really good win. Yeah, uh, if he beats him off the back of knocking out Ogoa in the in the uh, devastating fashion he did, that's two good wins back to back for Cordina. That is. Other than that, Andy, it's pretty slim pickings, as Matty was saying. Yeah, I mean, I've just managed to bring up all the rankings side beside, and I'm scanning the names. Fucking, it's very slim pickings, mate. I mean. Hector Garcia is a dark horse, isn't he, the division? But I mean, he, what yeah. a fantastic boxer he is, though. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. He, he, okay. I mean, when he came in and uh, upset Colbert, and then just, I mean, he just took Gutierrez to school. Who's a good fighter? Um, I can't believe I forgot Hector Garcia because, yeah, that guy's quality, and I'm glad he's got a he's got a he's got a belt now uh, because nobody would fight him if he didn't have a belt after that Colbert performance. Suppose mm-hmm. outside of the title holders, which is Cardina and Garcia, you're probably, and I wouldn't even rank Conti Sal top five after his last two shows, to be fair. Valdez took that L as well. John O'Carroll's ranked number two. Zelfa Barrett's ranked number two with IBF. You've got Ogawa, Rakimov, who's had issues, uh, well, allegations of drug use. Um, Liam Wilson, I think, is that the guy for Australia? Um yeah. Oshak Foster, I don't know if I've already mentioned him. Yeah. Henry, Henry LeBron, who was on the undercard, the Shakur Stevenson, I think it was. That guy looked sharp. Against when he fought the other LeBron, was not impressed. This performance against Vences, that guy mm-hmm. showed some stuff. Then obviously you've got Al, I don't know who Albert Bell is, um Zoltan Zurbeck. Um I've had to Google one other name just to see where he's from. He's from South Africa. I forget his name at this point, actually. So, yeah, it's, it's no great pickings, mate. I can't really... I want to answer and give the guy a good... or a decent answer. There's just nothing. There might be Hector no. Garcia, to be fair. There might be Go Garcia. Steve, mm. who was the guy we just saw on zone a couple weeks ago who lost in one round to Gutierrez a couple years ago? I'm trying to remember his name. Oh. But that, that dude's a puncher. That dude's a good come-forward puncher. He could surprise some people. You know, one-round knockouts, you can't glean a whole lot. Uh, Omar something, was it? A Mexican? Yes. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a Mexican. We got that far. <laughs> Omar's, Omar's coming, yo. 
<laughs> but it was um god damn it, i can't remember his name right now but yeah that, that... I, know, I know what you mean yeah he looked decent him mm-hmm. it's 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 tough though because you you um you got a lot of guys without much of a name just kind of floating around and they gotta fight each other but there's a lot of moving pieces going around and it's hard to give them to fit mm-hmm. anyway let's fit in the main man the jigsaw puzzle the piece is here rapping rob kelly's on the call good evening roberto how are you Good, yeah, I don't know. It's a jigsaw puzzle piece, like, I don't know. It's a bit suspect, isn't it? You're fitting in everywhere if you're a jigsaw puzzle piece. <laughs> Rob, Rob, I'd wish you a happy anniversary, but when you got Memphis Bleak wishing you a happy anniversary, I, I don't know how much uh, I can actually mean. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What, 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 I, don't know like, I don't know how to answer that. He was at the wedding, you know. I was at his as well. You got some cool friends, man. You got some mm. cool fucking friends. <laughs> Yeah, but then when they're your friends, it's not cool anymore. You know what I mean? It's like it's just it's just life. It's just life. Yeah, exactly. It's like it is my anniversary, but you know, I love my wife and all, but I see her every day. I only get to talk to you once a week, so you have to fucking make sacrifices. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I take it that she's not a weekly listener, Rob. Um, the, now and the, now and then she catches wind of some of the stuff that goes on. All right, yeah. Sometimes she, dips she in might end out. up on chicks with dig soon, Rob. <laughs> Let's hope so. <laughs> Future minimum weight champion of the world, Rob. Say it like that. <laughs> anyway, uh, Rob, going up, going up in the weights up to heavyweight. But a Joyce Parker, but a Shakua Lasner on Friday night. Even what did you get to catch? Yeah, I caught them. I caught the both of them. So I briefly covered Shakur because it's not a fight. I don't think anyone would want to revisit. Uh, Concesau in survivor mode. Shakur didn't make weight. It's a lot of people leveling unprofessional um, accusations at him. I, I don't think it is that actually. I don't think he's like he's. I don't think he's pulling an Errol Spence and Paddy and outside. I think he's just can't make thirty five anymore. Um, and I'd say they probably knew that when they were making this fight. So from that point of view, I suppose you could say that it's unprofessional, but boring enough fight because I don't think Kansasau offered anything to try and get himself into the fight. I think he was like he refused to commit. He didn't want to risk it all. Like I mean, he had a chance of winning the titles. Like you know, all he had to you know, fucking obviously Shakur's coming in heavier or whatever. He's at a disadvantage, but he actually had a chance to win the titles outright. So I thought he would have made more of an effort, but then. Probably easier said than done when you're in against Shakur Stevenson. Um, I'm not sure who it was on the commentary, but they were making the point that it's hard to hit him when he's right in front. He's, he's not... He hasn't got this kind of eye-catching style where you're going to, like, getting out of your seats watching some of the stuff he does. But if you're a purist, he's fucking technically brilliant. He breaks fellas down. I actually thought he was trying to walk on to stay down and get him out of there the other night with a few extra pounds um, advantage. That's the one thing... I think that's going to go against him as he kind of goes up to kind of 140 and and fills out. He's not a dynamite puncher. Very much like Andrew Ward. I know he learns a lot of time, a lot from Andrew Ward, but very much like Ward in terms of he can systematically break it down. Like it's kind of like you see him going to Constantine's body the other night with straight um, backhands extended right around the hip and solar plexus area. Like he's targeting him. Very, very hard to hit, as I said defensively sound can do a bit of the dark art stuff as well and wanted to to, to walk constantly down and, and get him out of there so um i'm all for him being at 35 by the way all for him being at 35 i don't think i think we're gonna fucking play a bit of fucking there's gonna be a bit of flirting isn't it at 35 i don't think i don't see him jumping into a big fight straight away um 
he, the, I think him and Lomachenko is a fucking high level chess match along the lines of Linares Lomachenko. Um, with him being the younger, fresher guy, I would absolutely fucking love to see that. No reason why it couldn't be done, other than Bobachenko himself, and um, mm-hmm. maybe not wanting this for 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 um Shakur at this point. So he's calling out Haney. Haney, of course, is with the Bob father at the moment. Do you think if he comes past Cambosis, that's the fight to make? I don't think Aram sees Haney as a ticket seller, seller, and I think he's maneuvered him in to this fight deal with a view to Shakur moving up and taking his titles. That's mm-hmm. me being a cynic, and I think you know he want to make that fight next. Um, so I'm there to see it in terms of Joyce and Parker. Um, I suppose I was disappointed for Andy because he put put a lot of time into Parker. They had obviously had a game plan, and they said that this was going to be the best job. And I believe it was like I think he was a bit more dynamic than we'd seen him before. He was they definitely worked on that combination of left hook to the body, left hook upstairs, and then getting out. But after two rounds, you could see that that style of fighting Joe Joyce was taking its toll on Parker, and he actually looked and he was getting on him in the t- in the second round when he was saying to him, "Look, he's going to walk in. You have to work hard, like, and you have to try and get out. You can't stand in front of him." But I think it's easier said than done with Joyce. Like he just has that pace. Pops that jab in your face. You can't, you know, I'm saying all the stuff there. I'm sure everyone said about him. You can't hurt him. He hangs his jaw out there. He can be hit. But I've been saying this for a while now. It's going to take some fucking heavyweight to beat Joe Joyce. I honestly think he gives Fury a fucking nightmare. I don't think we'll ever see that fight. I think he gives Usyk a similar nightmare. AJ, I believe, he's all wrong for him as well. I think he's going to be an avoided guy at heavyweight. You know, he hasn't got any charisma. hasn't got much personality. hasn't got one-punch KO power. But fuck me, man, he is tough to beat. He walks forward. He's got some engine on him. He's got great fundamentals. He's a great guy. Highly skilled amateur. And the heavyweight division is really fucking devoid of fellas that can give him a fight. I'd love to see Big Otto and him have a fight. I think that'd be a great fight. Deontay Wilder is a great potential fight for him. But they're going to go to Mando route, aren't they? And wait, try and get a, a pop out of Usyk with the belt fragment or whatever. Or get, get himself in line for the... I think it's the IBF route there. They're going with Joe Joyce, isn't it? So, yeah. Or is it WBO? It could be WBO. He's WBO champion now. So, yeah, WBO. That's right. And he was number one with the IBF for AIDS as well, didn't he? So, um... Yeah, I like Joe Joyce, man. I like Joe Parker, too. Parker's not about coming again. I think it's tough position now for Ben Shalom. You've spent a lot of bread getting Joe Parker over to be your your kind of flagship heavyweight on Sky Boxer and then lent him out to a BT pay-per-view show that, that made that was no a fucking sense move, and he's coming though. off a fucking knockout loss. Yeah, exactly. That's from the Eddie Hearn playbook right there. <laughs> Eddie would have never fucking done that, man. Eddie, 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 as much as Eddie and fucking Leonard Ellerby disagree with each other, they have one thing in common. They will pay you what you weigh. They'll pay what you weigh. He's not fucking paying over the odds for fucking Joe Parker. No chance to go on a pay-per-view fight. So bad. I've, I felt bad for Ben Shalom. I don't think he has a fucking job there, to be honest with you. I know I've said a lot of good things about him on the pod, and he's a great guy, obviously. But uh, I think that's a fucking, that's a, that's a poor move from him to invest. Like, if you need a flagship heavy, he hasn't even got a domestic one. He's got a guy from fucking New Zealand to relocate to the UK to fucking be the face of his heavyweight franchise on Sky and then he lends him out to the fucking opposition broadcaster for him to lose to their fighter by knockout and now he's fucking got nowhere. I don't know. I don't understand that bit of business. He's probably just a mule. Well, I'm sure Ben Shalom is a more a shrewd, more shrewd businessman than me but I fucking, if I was given the advice there I'd have been fucking, I'd have been having a word about that one. Like, um, But yeah, I thought it was a good week, a week of action. Exciting in the heavyweights. Um... 
you know, we got this fucking. I'm sure we'll get to it anyway. But the, this this fucking theater that's going on in the background with, with Fury and Joshua as well. Fury's there last night. That him and Chisora had a fucking just happened to have a showdown while the guy had a fucking microphone in Fury's face. Uh, pathetic. Told you fucking two, two or three weeks ago that a fight won't happen, and I absolutely fucking guarantee you that the zone. BT Sport and ESPN are not going to trash out a fucking final agreement tomorrow on their meeting that's supposed to decide everything. So we can kiss goodbye to that fight and look at it and see who these guys are going to fight now. Um, well, the bells fragment or or don't. But yeah, good weekend of action, I thought. Real, real quick, Stephen, we didn't touch on this, I don't think, but what an odd but incredibly uh, uh, strong pairing it's becoming between Joyce and Ismail Salas. I mm. you you wouldn't expect it, but my God, what a fantastic pairing they are! And and I know you guys uh, said you had some concerns with uh, with Frazier, but he's been out sparring with Joyce um, at Salas's gym. So I don't know. Yep, Salas, excellent trainer. It could well work out, Matty. Good point indeed. Good to have Rob on board with us as well. And the top Irish talent continues. Uh, the main man, the head of the Prediction League, Joe Kennedy, is on the call with us. Joe was there on Friday night to witness Shakur Stevenson in all of his glory on Friday evening. How are you, Joe? And how did you find Friday evening's action? Hey, Steve. All good? Um, good man. Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed Friday. Um, it's the Prudential Centre is 15 minutes away from my house. So it was, uh, it was a bit of a no-brainer. Uh, got there pretty late. But still caught, you know, uh, who I wanted to catch, which was Bruce Carrington, Keyshawn Davis, and then obviously uh, the main event. Uh, mm-hmm. And I caught a couple of extra fights, I think, in between those. So, yeah, a good night of action. Uh, I think Rob nailed it pretty much uh, in terms of the Shakur performance. It was it was a bit weird. Like, it was a bit uh, it was a bit muted anyway because of the belt situation, I think. And then he just seemed to kind of take his foot off the gas after the eighth round as well. And Conte said just wasn't on his level. But I thought Conte said was still landed a bit more than... What I expected anyway, but there wasn't a lot of them, you know, and they seemed to be when he was rushing in, he might throw out three or four punches and, you know, a sloppy third or fourth of a bad bunch might might land, but nothing really of consequence uh, on Jakor, but it was still pretty good to watch him, to be honest. He's a top talent, I think, and uh, his footwork especially is amazing to watch live. I don't know what the broadcast looked like. I haven't gone back and watched the fight around like that, but uh, his footwork is amazing. It's <clears throat> not like real flashy like Lomachenko or Usyk it's kind of like small incremental steps but it's just his gauge of distance is so good that that's all it really needs and then he if he does need to get out of distance he has this kind of like springy step where he you know springs out a couple of yards it's 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 pretty impressive but uh yeah it's good good I enjoyed it it was pretty cheap as well it was a $35 ticket so it was, it was a good night all around fun crowd as well I thought there was going to be a lot of Brazilians but it, it wasn't it was a real, it was a real Shakur Stevenson homecoming and uh, he, he brought in a fun crowd smell yeah, of uh, you... ganja walking in was, was quite quite welcome no no you, you were saying that it looked exactly Damn, the same that sort of thing careful <laughs> <laughs> now no, we, we, we'll, we'll, be tolerating, <laughs> we'll be tolerating such immorality on this podcast <laughs> no, exactly that. exactly but no it looked like a great atmosphere from what I saw Joe exactly what you said his footwork his judgement of distance and range were absolutely spot on and I thought as for Conceiso Joe even when Conceiso had some success in the in rounds it felt like he was working a lot harder to have that success then Stevenson would just effortlessly turn up the pressure land some hard shots and just take the rounds off him yeah each, each round kind of felt felt like it followed a similar rhythm where Conceiso would come out real busy trying to land real hard re- trying really hard to land not landing much and then like you said Shakur kind of taking over the round and and 
uh, dialing up the pressure as the round goes on. He, I don't think he threw much combinations, which was always kind of looking forward to seeing, you know, three or four punch combinations. It all seemed to be, you know, one and two shot, you know, um, pick shots that he was throwing. Like, but there were there was a lot of venom behind him. I think Rob put up pretty well that he doesn't have that knockout power, but he has kind of respectable power at 135 where, you know, you don't want to be taking flush shots off him all night, but he's not a, a knockout artist in any way either. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, 135 hopefully would be a, a good division for him. I think uh, the Loma fight would be would be off the charts. I, I, I don't think he'd go straight into it. He'll probably take, you know, a, a fight to feel out the weight, but um, I hope they make that before Loma's, you know, skills kind of, well, we'll have to see what he's like uh, against, um, what's the kid's name? Um, oh, Ortiz. Yeah, Jermaine Ortiz. Yeah, we'll have to see what he's like against Jermaine Ortiz. Hopefully, he's still, you know, you know, still got the goods. But that 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 fight with Shakur would be great. Yeah, they're talking Devin Haney. Assuming, as we all believe, he will uh, defeat Cambosos in that rematch, put him in against Haney, as Rob said, maybe take the belts off him, and then in against Lomachenko. You've touched upon it there, Joe. Would he beat the best version of Lomachenko? No way, in my book. This current version of Lomachenko, I think it's a close fight. And by the time it rolls around. I think Stevenson could be the man to beat you. Yeah, I'd say he'd make, um, you know, he, he his footwork and his hand speed would make kind of anyone look old, you know, or anyone look slow. And I think, um, you know, we saw what a bigger, younger, fresher fighter in Tiafima Lopez was kind of able to do in the early part of that, that fight. You know, I'd wonder whether the same thing will kind of happen against Lama. But to be honest, I want to see it. I'm a huge Lama fan, as you know. I've been to see him a bunch yeah. of times in, in New York. And I... I, I, I hope the young guys are kind of underestimating him because I think he's a hell of a fighter and he's going to take some beating as well. I think people will probably look at that Lopez fight and think, you know, he's there for the taking, but he's, you know, still an elite fighter. He certainly is. You touched upon the undercard earlier, a bit of Bruce Carrington throwing in there. I thought Keyshawn Davis looked really good against Omar Tienda, who had a lot more fights. Andy Vences was a good fighter once upon a yeah. time, but he lost to Henry LeBron. Some decent eight-rounders thrown in there. Who was the pick of the bunch, Joe? <clears throat> Probably Keyshawn Davis. He, he seemed to struggle a little bit early on. and I think he mentioned in the interview afterwards that he was struggling with something, but he was, he was kind of labouring a little bit. And I told my friend, we have to go see this guy, Keyshawn Davis, and um, you know, after the third, he turned to me and said, "Look, is, is this the guy? You know, he's he's not all that." And then I think he was in the fourth round. He walked the guy onto the shot, and his uh, the way he smelled blood in the water and, and kind of finished him off was I thought was really really impressive. He's uh, he really just dialed it up whenever he needed to. And yeah, I think he's he's a serious talent. Carrington was a funny one. Um, we were he, we were at the uh, Joe Smith Junior. Baturbia fight, and Carrington was on that undercard as well. And he had a great knockout on it. And he brought in a great crowd from Brownsville. Uh, a colourful crowd as well. You know, again, the smell of ganja was, was, was heavy. Uh, <laughs> Fucking Brownsville. And there, <laughs> <laughs> and was, uh, oh, it was great fun. They were a great, great, great crowd. And they are all there again last night watching as well. And he's in fun fights. He's got a fun style. I don't know what a ceiling would be like. Uh, he seems to take a lot of shots, but he seems to be willing to take them and kind of willing to give them back. You know, he's, he'll take two to land three kind of guy. Uh, so I'll be I'll be following him where he does the fun crowd too. But he's a fun fighter, and I think uh, I saw that Andy Vences fight. I wasn't crazy about his opponent. Vences seemed to be in the fight, but he seemed to just get tagged a lot. Um, he was a he was a prospect once upon a time, was he? Yeah, he fought Eric De Leon. The two of them were both undefeated, and I think it was a draw. And Vences really fell off a cliff after that. I'm surprised because he he was a talented amateur as well. Yeah, he was devastated after the fight. Actually, um, he was devastated. He lost obviously, but. Um, 
Yeah, and then um, yeah, the, the, it was it was a good it was a good night. Uh, it was the first time I've been to that Prudential Centre. It's the first time we've had a fight there in a while as well. Hopefully they, they have a few more fights there because it was it was a good crowd. It was you know it's isn't that where Adam used to fight and he used to have those great Polish turnouts there. Could have been, yeah. I, I've only yeah, been here since 2019. Yeah, Prudential Centre, aye, New York. Yeah, Prudential Centre. Yeah, 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 New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was good, 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 uh, good place for a fight. Hopefully there's a few more fights there. Yeah, and uh, touching off the back of that, Joe, just a couple more before we let you go. You're a big Lomachenko fan, obviously. He's fighting at the end of October. That's in New York as well, MSG, up against Ortiz. Tasty fight on the undercard between Robesi Ramirez and Jesse Magdaleno. I take it if you're available, you'll be heading on to that one? Yeah, I'll, I'll go to that one. I think Wilder Hellenius is, is that one as well in, in the Barclays Centre, uh, which would be a great one as well. I'd love to see Wilder uh, do his thing live. Um, but yeah, I think the Jermaine Ortiz fight is a good fight because it's a similar, not, I'm not saying it's in Devin Haney's level, but he's a similar kind of fighter to Devin Haney. He's going to be, you know, a quick jab, boxing on the outside, good feet, you know, amateur, good amateur as well. Um, I think it's a good warm-up fight for the Devin Haney fight if that's what's coming down the line. So, yeah, I, I, I like that. And finally, yeah, I'm just going to say, you mentioned Wilder Hellenius there, the heavyweights. Did you manage to catch anything of the juggernaut playing through Parker last night? Yeah, I did. The juggernaut's going to take some stuff, and I'll tell you that much. He was... <laughs> Oh, he was—he's an absolute machine. Uh, the body shots, clubbing them like uh, 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 George Foreman back in the day—it's—it's it's amazing. I think um, he's—I felt sorry for Parker in there. You know, you ever look look at a fight and you're like, I'd hate to be that guy right now. And he was just huffing and puffing in the corners. I was busted a bit, and you could see Andy Lee's like saying stuff to him, but nothing's probably going in. Like, and uh, you know, it's just—he's got amazing balls, uh, Parker, to stay in for ten rounds like that. You know. It was, Clearly, clearly, it's a tough. He's a tough, tough man to be in the ring with, Joyce, um, and he's going to say he's going to take some stop. And like people are saying, you know, I, 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 the fact that Usyk beat him in the amateurs, you know, Usyk beat him in the amateurs over was the three or four rounds. I'm not wasn't sure in, in WSB how many rounds or if it was in WSB, but you know, this is twelve rounds he has to go, and I don't, I'm not sure Joy, uh, Usyk will will be able to stay away for twelve rounds. You know, uh, I think AJ found found a way to get to him at times. And Joyce just doesn't look like he's, you know, putting huge shots in, but he's constantly touching you up, you know. And I don't know what or what what Usyk's face is going to look like after twelve rounds because it look, didn't look great after twelve rounds against AJ. I thought he boxed brilliantly and evaded most of AJ shots, but I'm not sure he can do the same against Joyce. Well, yeah, Joyce absolutely. isn't afraid. Joyce isn't afraid of what's coming back either. That's I think that's <laughs> no. a substantial difference between him and Joshua in that fight. He, he's like a Pac-Man, isn't he? He just eat like he eats shots and gets stronger. It's fucking mental. He, Joseph Parker would have knocked out any number of top contenders in the heavyweight division with two or three of the shots that he landed on Joyce last night, and didn't budge him because <laughs> he's wide. He, he's wide open, you know. He's he doesn't move his head at all. He doesn't, you know. You can see Ishmael Salas is probably screaming that in the corner at him. You know, he's he's doing all the things you think a Cuban boxer wouldn't do, but. Um, you know, he just he just seems to eat everything. Um, and I, I wonder what, what would happen, you know, if, if a guy like that met a right hand like Deontay Wilder's. And what, you know, which way does that go? How many times cause he, can he get his bell rung like that before the juggernaut shuts down? I don't know. Does the juggernaut, juggernaut shut down? It's probably a better question. <laughs> yeah, you can't shut the juggernaut down. He is an absolute beast, Joe. Thanks very much for coming on, as always, man. Absolute pleasure to have you on, sir. Yeah, cheers, lads. Take it easy. Cheers. 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 
There's Joe Kennedy, head of the Prediction League, uh, New York correspondent, doing great things over there on the Nutters group as well, Rob, all around. Good guys, Joe. He is, but he's a bollocks because he took my fucking early predictions out of it. So <laughs> I'm, in the bo- <laughs> I'm at the bottom of Joe Kennedy's fake Prediction League. He's More dangerous than donking. <laughs> oh dear me right, yeah, I think came we... up with a brilliant nickname it's... there at the end as well I would love to see a fighter called the Sugar Knot Sugar <laughs> <laughs> <Jugger> Ray Leonard <laughs> Come to the ring with a gigantic candy corn on their head instead of that fucking helmet Joyce had <laughs> I would be interesting to see. Good stuff. Thank you very much, Joe. Uh, just remind everybody you are listening to episode 493, Boxing Asylum Nutters podcast. Matty's here. Steve's here. That's me. Andy's here. Ozzy as well. Rob Kelly. Don't forget to hit the like button and subscribe if you haven't done already. Uh, before we move on, Andy, you were mentioning there in the chat, uh, Floyd Mayweather was busy yeah. knocking people out and jumping into the private jet of the weekend. It was, mate. You had a exhibition of all tents and purposes out, out in Japan. I think it was a guy against is it Makura Ashakura. Um He's a MMA fighter, I believe, maybe in his karate. Um, I was reading somewhere as well. He's like, he's got like over a million subscribers on YouTube. So um, clearly, he's got a bit of pull somewhere. But anyways, uh, Southpaw go- goes to Floyd. He actually caught Floyd a couple of times, but as soon as he caught Floyd, Floyd just decided to put the foot down, landed the right hand, uh, and just knocked the guy out. He couldn't get up to his feet in time. So uh, Floyd, I think he was extending three rounds. I think this time. I get how much he made for it. So, uh, based off it though, mate, I would say this: Manny Pacquiao and the wife was was ringside as well. Actually, so they're uh-huh. talking about potential uh, an exhibition between they two coming up. Uh, we'll wait and see. But um, he must be stony, is he? Floyd must be like he can't. Mate, he can't um, need that money, man. Like, what is he fucking? Where, what's going on there? Like, doesn't know what to do with himself, does he? Ah, but I'd rather he does actually, this than huck windows, Rob. <laughs> he's actually hiring guys to go with him to the supermarket or the to clothes stores to buy shit to count his money for him because he can't fucking count. He's he's counting money out, then he hands it to his mates. <laughs> to double check that. How fucking thick do you go to be? Can I count cash? What, mate? What a job that is. What do you do for a living? I count Floyd Mayweather's <laughs> money. Because he can't count. I mean, <laughs> that, that just shows that he literally has. I mean, how does he pay him? Does he just say, right, take te- te- 100 grand and they take 200 because he can't count or something yeah, like that? But then he he's, does, he's, uh... he's standing up there after the fight. He's, saying, like, he's talking to Manny, who's sitting ringside with the wife, and he says, This great man, this great champion, a future world champion. Yeah, I see she jinky gone to Manny, future world champion. He's talking <laughs> so about jinky. See, even she's not fucking stupid. He, he just communicates in uh, metrics designed by uh, Karen Hill out of Goodfellas. He just goes, how much do you need for shopping? And he goes like that about this much. And he just throws the fucking... <laughs> do, you think he'll, um, do you think he'll buy any more red hats like he uh, used to sport Rob or anything <laughs> like that? One of those red uh, fucking trilby I things. Know, I... What? I saw Wait, him in, uh, in one of his Instagram posts, posts during the week. Uh, in one of his Instagram ones during the week, he's in it. He's in one of the stores, the Fendi store or something, in a big Fendi tracksuit and, you know, wads of cash with him and he's throwing them around. And the caption is, I make this shit look easy because it is. Well, it's not, man. I can't go to the Fendi store like that and just throw it. That's not easy. Like, <laughs> it's quite difficult, actually. <laughs> What's he getting paid for these sort of, like, fights? Or 20, 20 odd million, wasn't it, someone said? 20 million? Yeah. His counter, Ozzy, his money counter, man. He worked thing, out of school. He's quite Honestly, right. Doing. He's going to watch Mate, it because he's running the risk of getting knocked out because he's taking shots and that. I'm like, dude, really? Come on. 
Yeah, but I thought what was amusing last night is he got pissed off, he got tagged, and then just banged the guy out straight away, pretty much. But, Mm -hmm. mate, if he's getting $20 million for those sort of exhibitions, I don't blame him for stopping. We're not talking like two or three million here from where he'll think it's not worth my time. Mate, $20 million is insane. So, yeah, I do not blame him if he's getting that. There's talk about a McGregor rematch happening again, isn't there? Yeah, Yeah, that's building pace, that is, you know. Pacquiao. McGregor is saying he's not interested. He's hanging out for a bigger payday, but it dwarfs the best fighters in the world's paydays. Uh, do you know? Uh, I was like, just going to say McGregor. then. Yeah, absolutely. Like. He is. Yeah, mate. He is. What's it called? Um, he is a long time retired now, and is arguably one of the highest paid athletes still in combat sport. Without a doubt, dwarfs any UFC payday by a hell of a long way. And in terms of boxing. Who's getting paid more than him these days? Fury, Canelo, that it, Joshua. What about it? Not even. You're not telling me Wilder got twenty million dollar yeah. paid uh, last no time. Chance, out. No chance. No chance. He didn't. No. With the upside of those pay per views, I don't know. No, maybe Gain the last, maybe the last one. Maybe the last one. Guy in the chat saying, "I forget." SW saying, "There's no way he made twenty million. So, but mate, this is coming from Floyd's exact mouth. Quote. I'm making between fifteen and twenty million dollars for three rounds. Well, who gives a fuck? I mean, if he gets taxed and shit, and he comes home with five million bucks, you beat the shit out of a guy for six minutes, and you got we walked home with five million bucks. You know, let's yeah, be a little mate. bit populist about this. And and you know, being born and raised poor, you're always afraid of that. So you know, no matter how much he's spending and shit like that he's always going to have that mentality that he needs more. And, you know, if, if, and going to these markets that haven't seen him live before and stuff like that, if he mm-hmm. can, can make that living that way, fuck it. I would, you can't he's, tell me you would, you can't tell me a single one you would. No, I, I mean, get your money. I'm, I'm for all the fighters getting as much money as they can and, ha- and, and earning as much as they can. Like I want all the fighters to earn as much as the basketball players, the soccer players, because it's a harder sport. But the knock-on effect of them all getting paid is they don't want to fight each other. Like, you know what I mean? So it's an unfortunate <laughs> situation where it's split out across the, the different networks. But Floyd is to be admired for that. He's fought that guy. Was it Tension Nakamura or something? Or Tension something? He fought and fought him. There was a lot of tension in the fucking ring when your mom was crying. Yeah, um, he was fucking in tears, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy, he fought the guy on the Burj Khalifa roof, didn't he? He's fought this guy. I didn't even know this was happening. And he's fighting KSI's younger brother as well. Like, so Floyd is to blame for this YouTube sensation. One of the Paul brothers he's, as well, didn't he? He's yeah, the, he yeah, he's the most culpable. Oh, he, oh, yeah. yeah, he fought Jake Paul. And he he was the first one to kind of like, yeah, I'll fight him. You know, and all these YouTubers around about crossovers. Like he, him and McGregor doing that exhibition fight was the start of all this YouTube shit. Like Floyd is as culpable as anyone in all this. He's the most culpable yeah, actually, because he's keeping no, it going. But, that that McGregor fight though, that wasn't an exhibition fight though. That was an actual boxing was, match. Yep, it was So technically, Ali started this when he fucking fought the wrestler in Japan. If you, I mean, let's be fair. We can't blame Ali now. He's but, not about to defend himself. Joe, Joe, Joe Lewis been into wrestling for a bit, mate. So mm. fucking go back further than that. Look, uh, th- there's always been the crossover between you know like wrestling, you know WWE, that sort of stuff. The big difference is these idiot. Basically, DAZN have encouraged this. They have given Wasserman a platform now to co-promote with YouTubers and will air their shows. Eddie Hearn was the first person. Do you not remember? He put KSI Logan Paul on Sky Box Office 
and had Devin Haney and Billy Joe Saunders on the undercard. Basically, I think it was Haney was, you know, like tipped as this huge thing. Saunders, I'm pretty sure, defended a world title on the undercard. When you have got broadcasters giving this airtime, it's always going to generate cash and money. And the more, you know, exposure they're going to get, the more money that they're going to get paid. These are like, things for Floyd and stuff like that, the other, you know, actual exhibitions. They're quite few and far between, actually. I couldn't tell you, you know, aside from Floyd, yeah. many other fighters have actually had proper, you know, you know, like, uh, you know, say Lennox Lewis, for example, if he was going around having exhibitions. It's not actually that many. Floyd is just a one of a kind, you know. I, I can't picture Canelo doing this in the future, you know, like going to Japan and just banging out random Japanese, you know. Pacquiao's going to do it, and I can see that too. Again, he's someone YouTube, raised... but he's fighting there. He's, yeah. He's it's, it's almost like this fucking Moneyball situation, isn't it? Or this situation with Sakatuka yeah. Chelsea where they're going to use like analytics. It's boxing promotion by fucking YouTube analytics. Like. Yeah, but pretty much, yeah. But I mean, what I want then is... A, and like I say about Jake Paul, at least, you know, like Paul has actually made an effort. You know, he's yeah, he's not fighting at boxers as such. Well, he's not. But aside from, you know, early on when I think he banged out like that ex-basketball um, fighter, uh, that basketball guy, he's actually fighting, you know, like MMA people now and he's going up in that. He's not just, you know, fighting absolute no marks. who he's literally fighting Anderson Silva, isn't he? Anderson Silva could have yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. easily turned pro as a boxer. From what I've seen of him in the exhibition, he beat the living shit out of Chavez, mm-hmm. which is, I suppose, hey. not what it used to be. But still... Did you ever see uh, uh, Levy on Bell knocking out Adrian Peterson? Yeah, did you? Yeah, mate, it was a big They're, they're, big all, they're, they're, they're all fucking after <laughs> <athletes, laughs> well, This is what I mean, you know, like, honestly, but like, you know, are they, what are they deep if they're just exhibitions? You know, if people are willing to watch it, you know, there seems more of an interest. I reckon I'll put money on it that in the last five YouTube cards, more tickets have probably been sold than the last, you know, probably three or four potentially Saturday fight nights, you know, in the UK, for example, or something like that. Because you get all these basically kids going watching. They're, they're the ones footing the bill and stuff like that. You then chuck a broadcaster in and be putting money, you know, into the show as well. No wonder any of them are doing it. And it's not as if they're being pros, but it's embarrassing, you know. But And ultimately, that is what boxing is becoming, dare I say, popular for, but is generating more interest. Is because essentially anybody now with a famous background, thinks, I'll put a pair of gloves on and have a scrap. You know, like you know, like you said, Le'Veon Bell mm-hmm. and Adrian Peterson. Bear in mind, Andy, they will be multi-multi-millionaires because yep. they were both excellent at what they did in the NFL, you know, as running backs. Especially and they're, they're, gonna get, they're, getting paid, they're getting paid to hit each other. Frank Gore did it last year. Yeah, Frank right. Gore has had, like, a 20-odd-year, like, 18-year NFL yeah, and he's getting in the ring as well. It is crazy. And like I say, the Floyd thing, I think, is a bit of an anomaly. I don't see many others. They're not going to get paid what he does. But Just on the it YouTube might stuff, die though. out. What yeah, about the, well, game yesterday? What the football game yesterday? I know oh, it's, it's box-related, but you had KSI yes. playing football yesterday doing it at Valley Parade, apparently. The place was packed out. There was like 2 million free viewers yeah. on YouTube and they made a million quid for charity, allegedly. So, yeah, mate, know, it's insane. I think, honestly, the YouTube market is, is massive, absolutely massive. Like, 
I've never, mate, I've never, heard, I've never heard. Well, yeah, I'm not. Yeah. I fucking, what are we doing wrong? You know, what are we doing wrong? But yeah, we're not mate. manscaping enough. That's what the problem is. Nobody shaving the balls <laughs> on a box. This is what the problem is. We, we, but, um, we are but, a hairy bunch. But mate, these people like half of these YouTubers I've never heard of. You know, and the like. But then they're generating fucking basically million. You know, huge sums of cash. Through basically having a platform online and just sampling different sports, I'm all for it. Floyd and you know Pacquiao want to start fighting these. Uh, what's it called? These um, these YouTubers. They need to start knocking them out, and we'll get rid of them then. So basically, Floyd, if he gets clipped by one of them, big right, I'm down the channel, knock them out, leave them out cold, move oh, on. Want to see a body next. bag to get these? these Essentially, yeah. Mate, it, you, you don't. Well, you don't play boxing, do you? So if they no. want to start calling out, you know, all these ex-fighters, don't be prepared if you get chinned, basically. So yeah, I'm all, I'm all for that. So I liked it when I saw. I mean, it was a bit different, but Floyd, you could tell he got caught a couple of times, and he thought, yeah. "Fuck this." And he just went bang. I don't even think he landed flush, actually. But the little Japanese guy was absolutely fucked. He got up like he was going to cry as well. So I love yeah. the way I love the way Floyd flew Kenny Bayless in on the private jet with him to referee the fight to make sure. <laughs> did he, he really? Counting Floyd's money is like the second greatest celebrity job next to being Snoop Dogg's blunt roller. Yeah. I, I could not believe that was seen. Literally, he's got wads of cash. It's like a fucking, it's like a doorstep thick, and he's cutting <laughs> it like that. He's handing it to these blokes. He's like, "You're cutting that." I'm like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" I, usually, the checkout fucking usually they double cuts it for you, you know. But fucking hell, Mate, the, thing, the thing is, the thing is as well. You know, he's going to appear on like you know an Instagram ad or a, a fucking YouTube advert advertising some random like pop or fucking window or new bed frame or something because he what literally does week? anything for cash Japanese anything. washing powder what was it like mentioned last week you remember they did pay away the week last, was it last week or the week before he was, he was, was it, was it was it that's what it was he's betting online and he's feeding goats uh, $100 bills in, in the ads <laughs> this is his weekly thing he fucking uh, Kenny Bayless was doing his best to dispel any myths that he was Floyd's personal referee <laughs> by going to fucking Japan with him to referee his exhibition <laughs> fuck's sake <laughs> Why would you need a referee for an exhibition, eh? Just get an old boy in the crowd just to fucking like, just, okay. I'd say he's on. just doing Kenny a turn there, isn't he? Like, hey, mate, do you want to get fucking, do you want to get down with this fucking payday here? They're going to pay us a ton of money in Japan, jump on the jet, like, let's go. They probably paid, they probably paid Bailey some million dollars or something like that just to fucking go out there and, you know, fancy private jet. They must hate money. They must literally hate money <laughs> to pay people like that. They must hate it. But, it must be, it but, must be a boring life though when they're like literally like Floyd comes across as the most boring, insincere person you've ever spoke to, man. They buy the guy needs to buy buy himself some fucking mates. I don't mean hats. Buy some fucking mates. Yeah, What's I mean, Japanese want, for Patreon, by the way? <laughs> I'm gonna say we can be his mates. We we hate money too, given all the fucking super chats or lack of that are coming in. <laughs> anyway. Let's move on, shall we, boys? That's a good chat here. Uh, look at let's look at some of the action for next weekend. Natural progression, as always. Floyd Mayweather onto Lucas Ballingall. Good luck to him next weekend fighting Boy Jones Jr. on uh, Fight Zone, is it? Or no, I had to look at that twice for a second. Yes. I was like, "What the fuck is that guy's name?" Yeah, I was like, Lucas "Roy Ballingall, jo- boy, boy." Jones. <laughs> oh, Boy Jones Jr. Yeah, absolutely. He was a, <laughs> he was a staple coming. of the of the Bam fight scene on Box Nation back in the day. Very exciting <laughs> fight. It was Boy Jones Jr. 
his name isn't Boy, Excuse Matty. Me, if you're, uh, he's no. called he's called Ben, but there was another Ben Jones at the time. So Couldn't bizarrely, yeah. he decided to take the name Boy. You know, <laughs> any other name in the world, but yeah, adopt a name that isn't even a name really. So yeah, he calls himself Boy. But I remember was in one of the best fights I've ever seen Craig on Box Nation or Paxton or something, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Craig Pox, fantastic fight. I think it was a Friday night card. Unbelievable BAM promotions, fight. Andy Ayling. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Andy Ayling's BAM promotions <laughs> produced one of the best fights I've ever seen. Fantastic scrap it was. And boy got beat. Yeah, Here, by the way, it's slightly off topic. I'll get it in Belly of the Week, but just so you can remind me about it. Did anybody catch the guy in, I think it was a commissioner in Joe, in Joe Parker's corner last night? Did anybody see him with the fucking waistcoat? Oh, with on? the Union Jacks on the fucking... <laughs> what a <laughs> helmet! I said, I what the fuck is he doing? What's he wearing that for? Like, it was like fuck a waistcoat. Yeah. yeah. It was like, is he playing snooker or something like that? I don't just, know. He's somewhere. Fuck me. It's like, what is he doing? Is he wearing a brown or something? <laughs> Where did the Frank Maloney's old wardrobe, didn't he? I thought it, was, I thought it was Kelly. <laughs> I'm assuming it was one of the, one of the board commissioners or whatever. Like, what yeah. the fuck is he wearing? I, I thought the same, Andy. I thought of Frank Maloney. As soon as I saw him, I thought, what the hell's going on here? Just needed the suit to fucking cap it all off the top part, you know? Oh, brilliant spot, brilliant spot. Anyway, yes, Lucas Ballingall against Boy Jones Jr. Lucas Ballingall, the son of Michael Ballingall, who was in Michael McKinson's corner. So good luck to him. Also... Can't say we don't fish the fights out for you here. It is a pretty tight week. But before we go on to Lewis Neri, here's one for you. Over in Vietnam, Van Thayer Tran is fighting against Prince Andrew. I see that. I see that, actually. Lawyer is fighting next week. In Vietnam, plenty plenty of action to be has Prince Andrew been, been interfering with the royal fucking servants or something like that? I thought he was fighting cases, not fighting fucking the Tran van. Vietnam, the right place for him, I'd say. Keep him away from the children. Well, Matty, it's funny you should say that. Maybe his next opponent could be this fella. That was Tim Boxeo, by the way. You see, that kid, like, like, I give him like 16 or something. <laughs> where are they getting this one? I swear this, swear this young you. fella. He works in the Apple Green down the road for me, him. This really coffee. <laughs> Man, how old is that kid? 16 apart. About... What? 16. Fucking hell, he looks about 12. What, what <laughs> country is this in? He looks like Mexico. Alfalfa. Looks like Alfalfa from the little rascals in like fucking sixth grade. <laughs> He's a Roy Jones protege, is he? He's trained by Boy Jones Jr., not Boy Jones Jr., Boy <laughs> Jones Jr., honestly. Speaking of which, I'll get to, I'll get to the one on Belly of the Week. Remind me to come back to that one because my memory's a bit hazy, as you know, but when we get there, just remember <laughs> Roy Jones' protégés, please, fuck's sake. All right, I'll try. Yeah, there you go, Oz. He fought over the weekend. He lost, apparently, but yeah, hopefully he doesn't get in with Prince Andrew anytime soon and he'll be all right. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, he may get his boss tickled. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Roy Jones is getting fucking children beat up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we're not we're not put that in for uh, predictions next week. But one fight that will be in for predictions, Matty, is uh, where are we over in Mexico? El Mexico. Luis Neri is returning against Jesus Ruiz Garcia. That's a Mexican name, if ever I heard one. Over in uh, Tijuana, California, Mexico, Saturday the first of October. What's going on here, Matty? Because it's in the prediction league. Yep, I think it's just kind of a stay busy fight for Neri at this time. Uh, I think they were talking about him against Fulton, weren't they, Steve? Or did I miss something in you there? No, that was me talking about that. I think that will happen, yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, so I think this is just a stay busy fight, but he could get himself into a little bit of trouble here. I think he's going up against someone you'd say is probably a naturally bigger guy and also dimensionally bigger, a couple inches in height, a couple inches in reach. Good depth of resume. He's uh, been able to go the distance more often than not. Uh, he went the distance in a split decision loss to Carlos Castro, who nearly went the distance and got a split decision win over recently. So um, that's a little bit of an interesting uh, overlap there. It's the only fight that I could say was vaguely uh, maybe interesting for difference in opinions. Um, but uh, I don't know who to go to for, uh, here, Steve. Uh, you and Rob are tied again. I keep picking up steam. I'm only 11 behind taking the last two weeks here. Big things for me ahead, I hope. Uh, you're done. You're washed. Ah, uh, shit. I feel like I'm <laughs> Joyce, man. I'm a fucking freight train coming, Steve. I'm a freight train coming. Um, Andy... <laughs> Uh, just hanging back there where he, where he is. Uh, you're six behind the guys. Um, I'm like I said, I'm still uh, 11 back, but damn it, I'm catching up. Uh, so yeah, let's go. Uh, let's go to Rob on this one first. Yeah, Thank yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I think Lewis Neary has the fucking most icon Hispanic name of all time. I keep fucking. He's like Sh- every time I hear his name, I just think of Shane Neary. Like, um, but. <laughs> And I haven't seen this fucking opponent, but I, you're saying it's a keep busy fight. So I'd say Neri Haggai's a rule for like you know the allegations of fucking. The, he was popped. It wasn't allegations. It was proven, wasn't he? He oh, was yeah. popped before oh, and yeah. um, served his ban. Came back. He's not really the most fucking um, appealing character either. He's a bit arrogant and that, isn't he? Like, so, uh, having said all that, I expect him to win a decision. All right, Steve. Hmm. Well, I was actually going to say decision as well. And then I thought, I'll tell you what, if Rob goes knockout, I'll go decision. If Rob goes decision, I'll go knockout. So I'll go the other way around. Although it's only a 10-rounder. Ruiz has been stopped in the past by Leo Santa Cruz, but he tends to go late in fights. He also, as you said, pushed Carlos Castro to quite a close decision. So he, he has durability in over the 10 rounds. I do kind of fancy him to be able to see it out. But to keep things interesting, I will go for Luis Neri. I think that He's always about the knockout, and he'll get to Ruiz late on. So even though a 10-rounder does tend to make me think that he's going to go the distance, I will go for stoppage. All right. Andy. Andy's BRB. Oh, Jesus. You know, I, I find myself, like, I was looking at this, in in that Neary just has not been piling up the knockouts at 122. Uh, he moved up the divi- uh, division after getting popped, and the power doesn't seem to be there like it was. He, he's kind of turning himself into into more of a of a savvy boxer, which yeah, I mean it's it's it has its own uh, its own thing. But uh, that that and that Figueroa fight definitely pushed him more into that position. So I think I'm going with Neary by uh, by uh, on points as well. Okay, who else we got then? Um... That's it. Oh, just us. Don't know whether Aussie's got any interest in Lewis Neri, Oz, yeah. or maybe the Dazone undercard Aussie. If not, the Galahad uh, Huge. You can talk about that if you prefer. We've not even spoke about the main event, have we? The actual show itself. Oh, yeah, I forgot and, all, all that. All that. Forgot all Andy's that. back, real quick. Let's get him in there. Andy, Luis Neri, Jesus <clears throat> Ruiz Garcia. Sorry, mate, I was listening to a WhatsApp message. Obviously, just sent me there. Sorry. Oh, Jesus fuck. <coughs> Luis, you're, you're, the last one, you're the last one to predict. Luis Neri versus Jesus Ruiz Garcia. Steve has Neri by knockout. Rob and I have Neri on points. 
Uh, I'll go nary points, mate. I think that guys. I think they've got a couple of opponents they've maybe shared with. I think maybe had a bit of a struggle with the same guy. So I don't think Nery's power really carried up as well. To be fair, so I'll I'll go Nery. Uh, probably a split actually. I think so. Something dodgy will happen. So I'll go. Wow. I'll go. Yeah, I'll go decision. I'll not go any any major with that one. Sorry, mate. Do, do you want as very dodgy on TV this one, eh? I probably on Mexican TV. It might be like a box ass take or something like that. All right, okay. Can I just right. say, can I just say something there? Actually, uh, Ozzy Ozzy has alluded to it in the private chat, but I've had a I've had a, a chance to listen to it, and I'm just going to make make a quick plea to the listeners: Will you leave Porky alone, man? He's after fucking. There's people messaging him from his family asking him what's the asylum, and he says the same old people every time, and we're not doing anything about it. So all we could do is ask: Is leave Porky alone, man? Will you? The chap is fucking has his own channel. Go on there if you want to fucking uh, lampoon him. Just turn up. Don't be doing it on here. His family members are, are fucking texting him about us. So now I'm after to stop. We can't like go banning everyone because we're trying to get on with the show. You know what I mean? They're talking about what they're talking about. So Russ, we hear you, mate. And that's a, a heartfelt appeal now to the chat. Leave Poggy alone, lads. We've done our bit now. We can't listen. If you want us to keep a live show going, stop abusing people in the chat. Just Ease off a bit. Just go out in the street and abuse someone out there for a change, you know. At least leave off Ross, please. God. Jade can't. You know what I'm saying? Well, when you're having a Scotsman coach you on fucking social etiquette, you might need to look yourself in the mirror. Yeah, I know, me. <laughs> <laughs> Beacon of morality, Rob Kelly speaking to you there, please, members of the chat. Right, where were we? Mate, you were, you were taking over. No, that was just for, we just needed to sneak Andy in there. His urination breaks are always so wonderfully timed, Steve. No, that wasn't the case, mate. What, what's, what's, what's actually happened? True story, right? I was in the garden there playing football with my son, and this fucking cat appeared. And I tried to chase it, and it wouldn't go. It just sat and hissed at me, right? I was like, what the fuck? I hate cats. But anyway, this thing somehow is new in my back garden. It's been it's pissing around now, actually. It's been sitting there for almost 15 hours, right? <laughs> And it's never moved. I'm like, I need to phone RSPCA in the morning. Like, it's pissing around out there. So I maybe get hypothermia. Who knows? But I don't care. So <laughs> the wife's like, well, we'll, we'll go and we'll get it some tuna and some water. I went, fuck off. No chance. So do not do that. No, you mate. Start I don't. Fucking cats and they're exactly. coming back. I had cats as well. And the thing yeah. is, mate, the thing is, I've got the horrible thing to when cats shit in my garden all the time. And I'm fishing it out every other fucking week. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm not doing anything to do it. They can fuck off. So I I'm going to get it Fucking home tomorrow. Yeah. That's the reason why they piss off because uh, I just wanted to see if it would, if it was still there and then it's still sitting there in the same position. I had put a light straight on it and it's fucking eyes is fucking lighting up. But, oh, no. So that tells my woe today, boys. <laughs> <laughs> this is normally fucking post fight pads talk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly, that's, just exactly that. that's, that's how late it is this week. We're Mayweather fucking exhibition for the The title of this episode should be Andy Hates Cats. I do hate cats because I'm Pussy gonna chat. This. But, yeah, exactly, mate. I'm not going to mention that. I'm, I'm gonna, I'll mention that after the pod, podcast. Well, that's what we'll Is that all the predictions, yeah. Matty? Yeah? yeah, yeah, yeah. We were going to the zone card that we skipped over. Oh yeah, just before that, Ozzy actually uh, with uh, Ryan Deal's been working overtime during the week on our t-shirts. <laughs> there's, there's the guy <laughs> enjoying himself with a t-shirt, and there's Big Pricey. 
For some reason, the I way wasn't that even on the panel. Go ahead, Rob. Sorry, buddy. No, I was going to say I wasn't even on the panel for the night of David Price's suit. I just remember Andy having a. F- he said, Where the fuck has he got that suit from? <laughs> the fucking size of Straight P man up, man. Eh? And you've got Paul Smith standing next to him, like, who's not a slim guy, who actually looks like he fits into his fucking suit just about, you know? So, I, I, uh. Oh, so I that that picture that reminded me of some reason one of my favorite pictures on the internet, which is like a four hundred pound guy in a bright yellow shirt that says "I beat anorexia." <laughs> that, that's Diamante. Absolutely amazing. Who's done that? Brilliant. That's Ryan Dale again. All oh, right, what a guy, man! Unbelievable. You used to get that liar, aren't they? The liar, liar. Eh? <laughs> Most of put him in that one, that's what he do. He needs to get a life. Oh, yeah, while we're at it, he done this one as well. After the zone card. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie so with the numbers. Get the <laughs> so, this is them getting news that, that, that the subscribers who didn't buy the pay-per-view still count the pay-per-view buy. This is them getting the, this is them getting the, on the page, the same page. Right, here's, here's a script. Stick to it, Eddie. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Good lad, Ryan. Anyway, uh, Ozzy, take us through the dessert card if you can. <laughs> um, yeah. Sorry, Oz. Rob, uh, your plea just fell on deaf ears, mate. It's a fucking free-for-all in that chat now. Well, the savages. I can't do anything about it. I fucking don't. I don't, they don't be... They're definitely honest with what we're fucking talking about, but whatever. You know what I mean? Do what we can do. I'm very, very worried about what's going on in there. It's a, it's a dangerous place. Go on, Oz. Talk about the zone card. Where were we at? We, we haven't started, um, but we will now. To be honest, I don't particularly want to. This was one of the biggest, the, the one of the worst cards. That has been uh, in the UK all year. It was fucking horrendous. Um, the undercard, just non-existent. Wank. Absolutely wank it was. Just trash. And I, I don't care what he says. It's just unacceptable. It's just completely unacceptable. It's just it's just shit. You know, like, full of prospects. And then he had two main fights. I get, um, you know, the main event fell through. But still... Like some of his cards previously can lose the main event, and they've held together. This one, it proceeded, but it fucking shouldn't have done. It was trash, absolute trash. I think there was two meaningful fights on it. Hannah Rankin against Terry Harper, and it, do you know what? Fair play to Harper. She's gone up in considerable amounts of weight, by the way, and she's beaten Hannah Rankin, who's shit as well. You know, like Hannah Rankin is essentially is known for getting beat. Off basically the you know the bigger women in that she's lost to like Marshall Shields, few others as well. Um, she's crap, but it just it just shows you know like the deficiencies in you know in the female side of the game that Terry Harper boxed a fucking like lightweight you know last time out and was previously a world champion at fucking super feather. She's now decided oh basically I want to eat. Has gone up to fucking 154 and dominated a world champion. And I put that in inverted commas as well. Just shows like, can you imagine that fucking Stevenson? You know, Shaco Stevenson going, Oh, I've had enough of fucking uh, 
super feather or something like that, or, you know, tank. I've had enough of that. I'm just going up to 154 and banging somebody out at 154, a world champion. It's never going to happen. So it just shows the flaws in, you know, like the female sport that Tasha Jonas did it as well. Again, you know, putting on the weight and just going beating one of these world champions. It's it's unrealistic. The closest male equivalent I can kind of think of something on that line is when uh, Popo came back three divisions higher and beat the shit out of Oliveira after being out of the ring for like fucking eight, nine years. Yeah, but mate, so there you go. So it's not even a direct comparison because he was out the ring for like eight and nine years. So in that perspective, yeah. Harper got banged out off Born Gardner at 130, 130, at 130. Got fucking Ooh. stood up. Yeah, yeah got, literally. Yeah. <laughs> and put on five pounds for the next fight and then goes, oh, I'm going to put on another basically 10 pounds and more for, for to go up to 154. It's just it's just not valuable. And yeah, Andy's right as well. Fucking big Brocamonte, the fat bastard. 300 plus pounds <laughs> in the room. He was fucking huge, big fucking chippy titted uh, Argentinian and sold it because you know like did nothing for it. Folk. But he's he's but <laughs> it's not that. We were, we were waiting for Ozzy to come back on so bro, to close yes. out with Bracamonte's return. Like, Ozzy, uh, oh, Robbie, you see that I've loaded the bullet and said just kind of stuck in the lip to fire them off. <laughs> Do you know I wasn't going to mention the fight as well, and you just went the fat heavyweight, and I thought, well, I've got, if I'm, you know, I hear the word fat and heavyweight, got to go in on him, and he was, he was fucking huge, you know. Makes Lucas Brown look like in prime shape half the time. Absolutely massive. And so it, was, it wasn't It was a good fight for Day because, you know, you can argue he got the rounds, but I, I think sometimes they don't do any, you know, any favours. He comes to survive nothing. And Dakers just didn't look great, really. And he's probably not got the power um, that, you know, that he needs actually to go up in the level. He's got one stoppage from five fights. Not great. Um, and then the main event, um, I thought the fight was okay. I didn't think it was brilliant. I thought it was, you know, useful enough. It was a lot closer than I thought it'd be. I actually thought Galahad had, you know, from what he's displayed and, you know, always said Galahad's got skills. Um, and I thought that'd be enough to basically convincingly beat Hughes on points. It was a lot closer. I had him winning personally, but in a close fight. It wasn't a robbery. You know, it wasn't, you know, just an outright, you know, a one of them where you score it and everyone's got it for Galahad. I've seen it both ways. Um, I thought the commentary and, you know, like the card by Bellew was extremely biased and they were just ignoring all the good work that Galahad was doing. And I do look at Galahad now and just think, you know, what, what is he, where's he going to go now? Because he's jumped up two weights there to fight Hughes and, you know, was in a close fight. And, you know, we were saying before, you know, like Hughes would be used as a big fight for, you know, for like Stevenson to introduce himself at 135. He's never realistically going to challenge any of the big names at 135 because it's so stacked. So Galahad doesn't stand the fucking chance. And he seems to have lost the skills that he possessed, you know, that elusiveness, that slick style. He was getting caught quite often again. The only thing I can think he can try is going back down in weight. You know, and rather than jumping up the two weight divisions, maybe going down um, to potentially what was it? I think he came up into. So what? Yeah, what's he? He'd gonna, be at one thirty, wasn't he? Yeah, one thirty. Yeah, so, which we yeah, just so said jumped, was empty. Which we just yeah, said so was go, empty. Yeah, exactly. So go to one thirty. He's got that. You know, 
it's a narrative, isn't it? You can use that. You know what? Actually, the extra weight probably didn't help me go to one thirty. But you know he's going to struggle because he's got he has got an awful style. He doesn't sell any tickets. He's going to have to take a leaf out of the Hughes book and go and take an opportunity in the away corner somewhere. And you know potentially if that's if he wants to do that. Um, but as I say, yeah, it wasn't. You know, uh, the the card itself was toss, absolutely awful, and that that fat Argentinian just summed the card up in itself, really. Um, but yeah, f- fair play to Maxi Hughes. We did touch on him before, you know, throwing him in the mix with Stevenson potentially is that big payday. And Steve's right; he fucking deserves it now. No more of these, you know, like you know they'll be paying all right. You know, no more of these, you know, like fifty fifties where you know if he if he essentially if he gets a loss. He's just the back of the They'll queue. Just him you know, off no again. Exactly, they'll fuck him off, and that's that, and that's not right. You know, he's he's fucking grafted. He took that John O'Carroll fight on about three weeks' notice. He then beat that um, out in Dubai. Beat that Victor. Was it Kochikov or something like that? Great yeah, win there. That. Boxed well. Uh, beat up Paul Highland Jr. Then fought that um, Giovanni Strafon, who knocked out James Tennyson, by the way, which was a shock. Um, was more than you know basically bullied and beating up Ryan Walsh. And then he's just beating Galahadu again. I had him, you know, the bookies had him as an outsider. Quite a lot of people, you know, I, you know, we follow, tipped up Galahad as well. You know, it's time he gets, you know, that, that big payday out in America because it's not happening over here. You know, ultimately, there's nobody we could box, you know, who would come over. Um, I don't know what they'll do with him. But Hearn essentially just needs to be whoring him out I'd I'd be straight on the phone to Bob Arum and say we'll take the Stevenson fight straight away. Why not do it? Absolutely do it. And and Arum would take that. You know, it, Arum would definitely take that because he's quite. You know, he do, he's done stuff like that before. So unless he can line up, you know, a world title shot for Stevenson straight away, Hearn needs to be going getting Hughes that payday because it's essentially the least he owes him. The least he owes him. Yes, he's given him opportunities. But he's always been in that away corner as the outsider. And Maxi Hughes just again proves from what I've always said, records for the DJs and losses do not define a career. You can put a string of wins together. It doesn't matter how many losses you've had. You'll always get those opportunities. And, you know, longer the days, you know, from where he was losing to the likes of, you know, getting knocked out off Sam Bowen. I'm not disgracing these lads, by the way, you know, getting knocked out off Sam Bowen, losing to Liam Walsh. Uh, Martin J. Ward. Good fighters, by the way. You know, Ozzy, they brought him over fans. here to Belfast as a scalp for James Froyers and the Europa Hotel, and he ended up beating him, and that was kind of the upturn, you know, when things started to turn yeah. around even then. Yeah, that is what, you know, that is what um, did he, he is. Did he trainers or something at that time? Or he did. He, did. He, he went to Warrington's yeah. dad, didn't he? Yeah, he's with Sean O'Hagan now, and do you know what? Fucking hell, what a job O'Hagan's done with him, by the way. You know, like, he is really just... He's probably just he's worked on the skills that uh, what's it called has got, you know, Hughes has got, and it's just you know made him into a well-rounded fighter who is difficult to beat. Galahad struggled last night, you know. Galahad, you know, if you'd have said three or four years ago Galahad will fight Maxi Hughes, you'd have laughed at it and just said, you know, Galahad's way way above. But you know, I didn't win him, but it showed that actually the levels in difference were absolutely nothing last night. It was a close fight. So, yeah, you know what? Props to Maxi Hughes. He deserves it. You know, you create your own luck. He's been, re- he's done really, really well. Get him that payday now because that's what he deserves. 
Yeah. Andy, I know you want to come in on something just briefly before you do. Steve Anderson, shout out to him. He's thrown a tenor into the super chat and he's contributing in the past. So thank you very much, Steve. Andy, you wanted to mention Terry Harper. Go ahead. Yeah, it was just obviously something that Ozzy was mentioning. I mean, just obviously when he's giving his uh, review of the, the card there last night, he's right what he's saying. You know, Terry, women's boxing, people like Harper, for example, can go up two, three weight divisions and get an opportunity and possibly win because, as we mentioned before, the talent depth just isn't there. So it allows these people to do it. I mean, if you look at uh, Clarissa Shields' record, her first world title was at super middleweight, 165, I think she weighed at the time. She then comes down to middleweight, beats Hannah Rankin on points. She then uh, does a couple of defences, goes down to 154, wins a couple of belts there, and they start defending or try to unify at that weight as well. So they're able to weight hop because the talent depth just isn't there. Um, I didn't see the fight last night, to be fair, so I, I don't know if, if Harper deserved to get the nod or whatever. So uh, I just thought I'd kind of mention again, it's just, it's just proof again the opportunities are there for the women because the talent just isn't there. So you, you could maybe take a risk it's not really a risk as such because you just don't know really what you're going to get. I mean, there's no really any murderous punchers as well, you know, in female boxing that I can recall anyway. So um, the risk just isn't, isn't there for, uh, for these people going up. I mean, for example, Marshall's you take a really wait, good puncher. Wait, Marshall's a really pro. good puncher. Do you want to talk murderous punchers? Your wife. Sleep there at the moment. Will you wait? Sleeping <laughs> on, on that ability? It's, uh, it's interesting, actually. And I'm listening to the boys talking. I'm like, doesn't fucking matter, does it? <laughs> Anyways, it's fine. We get the world title at like one twenty six to one sixty. <laughs> it, you're, you're laughing. It's true, hundred percent true. In women, the women's box, without doubt, I could probably see like some of these women even got up a uh, three, four, five weight divisions and picking up belts. It's, oh, it's, it's that, it's that, it's that. The harsh reality is, Matty, Hannah Rankin being a world champion shows how weak some of the divisions are. I mean, she's really dedicated. She has a lot of huff and puff about her, but she's very technically limited. I thought she mm-hmm. struggled badly last night. I didn't even get a chance to catch that fight. Um, so um, I, I was I was ill, so I missed the DAZN card. But as far as women's boxing, boxing talent, is as more people as more people is as more people enter the sport, it, the the talent's going to fill in a little bit. Um, it, 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 it's trust me, it's it's a generational thing going on here, and um, I think, you know, like uh, the the one fight I didn't get a touch on while we're on women's boxing because I didn't get to talk about Amanda Serrano, um, and I thought she looked fantastic through six. Talk rounds. quickly. <laughs> I thought she looked fantastic through six rounds, and then she just fell flat. And is different than when she ran out of gas against Katie Taylor. And I think Amanda needs to give up on 126 pounds. Um, I think she's having trouble making the weight now. She really wants that last belt. Um, and I don't think she's going to get a chance to get it. Because I think it'd be smart for her to campaign at 130 or seek that Katie Taylor rematch. But it doesn't look like they're trying too hard on that. So if they could find a way to get her in with the winner of Michaela Mayer and Alicia Baumgartner, that's a good fight. Can anyone hear this fucking cat in the background, Andy? I think it's that cat from your fucking back back. Oh yeah, that's, I can hear it. Like yeah. a, sounds like a fucking baby cry. You listen to the creepiest shit of all time. That's like a fucking that's the chick in your basement. <laughs> Pet sandwich. I'd never, I'd never get away with it. I can barely fucking get on the don't have your own fucking <laughs> sex dungeon. It's a matter of you. Oh, <laughs> Fritz, all there. Uh, anything else before we move on, boys? 
How's the chat reacting to the news that they've not abused Porky? Yeah, they haven't changed the thing. They've ramped yeah. up a bit, I think, yeah. <laughs> Bob tried. We tried. Just ignore it, Andy. Isn't that what you tell the kids? Just ignore them. Just ignore them and they'll go away. No. I send my notes and get that. Get it seen to Send them back out in the street, shut the door. And you come back here with a loss. You understand me? You've got family honour to fucking up all here. Listen, my boy said to me, you get fucking back out there and you fucking see them. Aye, aye, they were the days, mate. Right, let's move yeah, on. Yeah, that was really like your dad, I'll be giving you advice. What you do is you fucking hit him in the body and then you come up to the head. Like, well, why don't you come out and fight him then? Because he's fucking killing me. Yeah, this fell out. <laughs> <laughs> my I, I think we could still hit the three hour mark, Steve. No. I didn't think it was possible. No, no, it's not. <laughs> we're moving on now. No. No, we're not going to do that. I'll be, I'll be out sleeping in the garden with Andy's cat at this rate. That, that's, that's my clever way of not uh, my fucking you. cat. <laughs> Get it it is now, and as of tomorrow, it's going to be fucking evicted from my fucking backyard. <laughs> Honestly, I just thought maybe like, I could maybe shoot a brush or something. Like, wouldn't they fuck it? Just sat there. I'm like, oh, nah, right, you're not getting rid of him. You're not getting rid nah, of him. Well, it's, it's getting evicted. Don't tomorrow. you have a BB gun? <laughs> this cat's crazy, man. Is now trying to fight another fella's dog up the street. The other man's going to chase him. He's trying to fight dogs and everything, man. Fucking this, this, this is fun. Fun Sunday night. Nature asylum. Urban nature asylum. Uh, I, I need to get a voice over uh, fucking Mr. Attenborough. You know what's his name? We appear to have found a very rare cabbage. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, though, Andy, those Scottish wildcats that you guys have are fucking cool as shit. The the ones, there's not many of them left, but those are cool animals. Yeah, well, mate, I used to to hump a few of them back in my early days, mate. (laughs) You know, we fucking, (laughs) cougars are fucking nuts, mate. Especially the Scottish ones that drink pints of lager. The wild ones in the highlands, right? No, no, everywhere, mate. (laughs) Everywhere. In fact, I I think even the Irish ones we give the Scottish ones, I fucking push for the money, to be fair. Well, I don't know if we're using euphemisms or not, but this cat is fucking legit badass. It's like James Tony or something, because I I know it, like, from around. He used to have a collar on, they were just fucking lasers around in the garden. But normally, like, if I come out of the garden, like, a cat sees me, he's like, oh, shit, this is not my garden, I better go. This fella's looking. Looking at you like, what are you looking at? <laughs> <laughs> what are you fucking doing here? Jesus Christ. All right, sorry to interrupt you boys. We ought to carry on, yeah? Yeah. Steve, it's not my cat, though, right? <laughs> I fucking hate cats. 52 um, minutes, Steve. That's all we need. No, no. We're going to move on to Belly of the Week. Now, we do have some questions, but I'm going to leave them for next week because I know there's nothing of any interest to review to go over next week next weekend's pod, next Sunday's pod. So I'm going to leave the questions for Michael Thompson, who threw one in. Thank you to you. Thank you to Simon Alavey, Gutsville, and Barry L. So listen <laughs> next week from 8 o'clock. <laughs> we'll have a big-ass mailbag. He's going for the commentary. Oh. Is this what boxing's oh. coming to? Film it, mate. I would have liked casting it if it wasn't in the dark and I would have looked. Rob, Rob's high and watching wildlife. This is going to take <laughs> forever. Just, just, just usher him along behind, uh, uh, underneath a lamppost or something like that. We've, we've seen so far a fight under lamppost before. We'll fucking I'll tell you, that dog, mate. I have a, a post fight pod story about a fellow who would have allegedly dog, and I'll tell you about it later. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, sorry, Steve. Man. I don't know how does Steve with the value of the week? <laughs> yes. 
fuck off, Elon. How are we at this many fucking listeners with this bullshit right now? Are they dropping? 20,000 listeners just need my listeners to talk about a fucking cat. <laughs> you can make up your listeners now. You can make up your listeners now in that right, in that zone. We've got, I think we've got about 250,000 worldwide <laughs> listeners. The global and, platform and, is what you have to understand. We'll, Will you stand? What is the question for next week? What's Andy's cat's name going to be called? It's going to be called fucking Tombstone at this fucking rate, mate. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> Someone put Horsecock Nelson. <laughs> you should totally name that cat Horsecock Nelson. Okay, well, I'm going to take a photo in the morning. See if it's still there. I'm going to fucking put it on Twitter like it's still fucking here. Oh, mate. And the cat came back the very next day. Right. Sorry like. about this shit. Hit the like for Andy's cat. Um, we got value oh, <laughs> the week episode four nine. <laughs> you're fucked, Steve. You're fucked. It's three hours whether you like Sorry, it or not. Sorry, Steve, man. Fuck's sake. <laughs> this is better than Snoop Dogg narrating nature films. Right. Now I have been doing a bit of research, as you know. We're, we're coming up to episode five hundred, and I went back into the archives from four years ago. And uh, we were treading a bit of a political correctness tightrope on this particular episode because they were cancelling the uh, walk-on girls in darts, they were cancelling the walk-on girls in Formula One, and there was a bit of a concern that they were going to cancel the ring card girls in boxing as well. So our friend, Miss Bikini Island, Judy herself... (laughs) (laughs) Andy, you got away scot-free on this one, don't worry. You you didn't say anything on this particular interview. Scott Green. As I said, we were we were on a bit of a political correctness tightrope. Dave wasn't on it, Smido was on it, and oh, Donny, uh, Donny, oh, I don't no. know whether it was a question or an interrogation, but listen to the end because Donny asks what I think is the longest question that has ever been asked. So here we are with Judy back in 2018 talking about the banning of ring card girls. I've done it. A lot of the feminists, they're described as feminazis. They think that you're like sort of airheads who don't realise that you're being exploited. Like we're not airheads. We know exactly what we're doing. I, I think sometimes, do you ever feel like you're objectified? Anyone ever tried to sort of grab hold of you or anything like that? I am sick to death of people being offended and trying to make decisions on behalf of other people. I think it's an excellent example to to some of the young young girls out there of, of a way where you know they can do one thing and then help help to develop it in other ways as well. I'd... A glowing endorsement for you there from Smido, Judy. And and in the piece, Judy, I, I read that your sister's recently come out as a feminist. And do you think it's only a matter of time before we have a transgender ring card girl? What would you think of that? Anything. I'm open to everything. Excellent stuff. That's good to hear. <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, Jude, you know, I was actually just thinking, you know, it was funny you were saying how much uh, um, difficulty goes into, you know, uh, if you're going to be a model, there's a lot of, uh, you know, fitness training and everything. Obviously, you want to look good. And uh, it just uh, it made me think, actually, and I just I don't know if you've ever thought about this before, but, um, you know, at the weigh-ins, uh, the ring car girls always appear at the weigh-ins as well. And uh, you must kind of, I don't know if you've ever, have you ever thought about there's a kind of a commonality there between you and the fighters? Uh, both of you have uh, done quite a bit of training to look, you know, uh, at your very best for these occasions. Uh, and, you know, I mean, it's kind of a weird uh, uh, exercise in and of itself. I mean, you have a bunch, basically a predominantly male journalistic uh, boxing, you know, crowd, all of the fans, and they're up there the, sort of analyzing the, the fat content of, uh, of the different male fighter, fighters' bodies, and then at the same time, you're standing there right now next to them. 
Um, I mean, uh, have you have you ever thought about it in that way before? No, I really don't. Mr. Welling, thank you for the very productive week at work, I see. That's why he's so good as a lawyer. He just fucking talks so much, you don't know where the fuck you're at, and at the end, you'll believe whatever it is just to get this to be over with. He's telling me that's when they start calling him new, by the way. Donny Donny, Donny, he's like fucking Adam Levine in the DMs. Oh, fuck it, you fuck yourself, fucking hot freaking goddammit. <laughs> Rob, all I'm gonna say, Rob, is it's fucked up that people are using this as a chance to rip on Maroon Five. What a man! They brought back the funk. They brought back the funk, and this is not cool. Fucking can't this is trust someone that writes that many love songs. About Jay. Cannot trust someone that writes that many love songs. You can't. You gotta look at going on there. He's a fucking hoe. I mean, you know, I, I think we've all had our hoe days. Judy at the end. No, I really He's don't. He's what they call the fucking newborn baby after the fucking side piece. That's fucking more than that. Anyway, let's fucking... Let's not go there. Steve's not going to bed. I'm not going to dump Rob in it, but I can remember him going ballistic out in the background after that fucking episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 we know. <laughs> fucking hell. I, I, I like the way... Um, Steve insinuated basically, yeah, and... Uh, Basically, was there any evidence that uh, the, the feminist called Judy and her friends airheads, or was that just an opinion of S. Welling boxing that you passed off as a feminist? Uh, and basically, there was no evidence to back it up. She got uh, fucking offended by that as well. We're not airheads. <laughs> we know exactly what we're doing. I'm just here to ask the questions, Donna. I thought yeah, yeah, that, that's the part she's getting offended with. Not, not Steve speaking to her like she doesn't understand English. Like that wasn't the yeah. part she was offended by. <laughs> Hey, she's gone. She's uh, she's making waves in the game now. Is Judy? She's winning all sorts of awards. Yeah, she's into that yeah. stuff or something. Pound for pound. Uh, she fairly it's... dropped in some likes, Rob, on the compia likes. I think I counted about 125. I had to cut <laughs> them out. Of the same. That's why I didn't like her. She was fucking. <laughs> oh, Take God. away, like. Spe- speaking of bodybuilders, there's this video that Eddie Hall, the fucking uh, wait, the uh, fucking powerlifter, has put up where he goes to this restaurant in Manchester that's an American style dinner diner where yeah, they just talk parents. shit to you. Yeah, they yeah, just talk a- shit to you. They're they're yeah. talking shit to Eddie Hall. It's the fucking greatest thing you've ever seen. Seriously. Yeah, it's good in it. Yeah, that's the it's the funniest thing is when people don't know that that's the point of the restaurant and they go in and like the. <laughs> The basically the waitresses or you know like the waiter just says you know they'll sit down and they're like what the fuck are you doing here you prick <laughs> and just all sorts of like obscene it's fucking unbelievable like some of the stuff that they say but yeah it was uh, I've seen that video it's funny it's funny if I could get a job there I'd immigrate <laughs> <laughs> to be fair I did I listened to that during the week and I thought you know what this isn't my finest hour but then I thought ah oh, fuck it I'll just cut it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> She knew what the crack was. She was putting herself out there for the interview, wasn't she? She wanted the yeah. Well, she, yeah, I, she was on Instagram actually straight after the interview because she was getting some of Dave's comments and that and kind of like putting up on Instagram. But what I was going to say, Steve, you actually fucking missed a bit out there. You could have really have fucking just signed it off beautifully with Donnie saying just at the end of the question, I've done it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try and put that in for next time if I can find it. Crying like a little bitch. (laughs) I'm fucking laughing like one of the new enemy. (laughs) 
Try to put it in next time, like Danny. (laughs) (laughs) A bit of spit and polish will do it. (laughs) Oh, dear. Right, let's move on to Value of the Week, then hopefully you all enjoyed that one. I'll try and fish out another one for next week if I can. The first nomination here is for Lee Wiley Boxing, top boxing analyst. He wrote uh, straight after the Canelo Triple G fight, some signs of physical decline from Canelo, but his mind remains as sharp as ever. He quickly recognised Triple G jabbing back in round one. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Unrivaled. Unrivaled content, (laughs) Fucking Ben Davidson being dropped as well. (laughs) Fucking hell. By the way, (laughs) I quite laugh at this, though. He's fucking, he quickly recognised Triple G jabbing back. (laughs) Is that not the main fucking punch of a boxer, the jab? Is it not the main fucking punch to teach you? When you step into the gym for the first time, it's like he went over and sat with fucking Eddie Reynoso and was like, they hit you back. <laughs> <laughs> Worked well, it out. Ro- Don't worry. Eddie, Ryan, Ryan Deal, Rob. Ryan Deal did this. <laughs> and unrivaled work from Ryan Deal. He went one better and he actually done this one. Some physical signs of decline from Lebedev, but his mind remains as sharp as ever. He quickly <laughs> recognised Jones jabbing back in round one. <laughs> <laughs> that fight was fucking vile. Oh, was, I, yeah, you know it's bad, but I'm shouting at the tail at you fucking fight, mate. That's when you know it's bad. On Canelo, by the way, did anyone see the footage of about the, the press conference for the weigh-in for yeah, uh, Triple G? And someone shouts in the crowd, obviously something in Spanish, I don't know what it was, right? But they captioned it on Instagram and I just see Canelo breaking his balls laughing like, and he looks up like to see who said it. And I was like, I have to fucking Google Translate this. Like, so it translated to Canelo, would you knock up my wife and give me a son? <laughs> Brilliant. Jesus fuck. <laughs> and he just looks up like, who the fuck said that? And he breaks his balls laughing like, amazing. <laughs> He's going to add him in for saying he's going to fight Benavides because he's a Mexican. But then fucking forgets he fought Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Uh, that's right. I, I, I looked at it and then I thought, Eddie Hearn must have learned Spanish, did he? And <laughs> 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 knock me off. There's Eddie looking Br- on. Brutal mente. Brutal mente on Esther. There's uh, Canelo with the Eddie's crown. Look where Eddie's got his hands there, by the way. Right, exactly. <laughs> Picking pockets. And there's Diamante in the background as well, enjoying himself. Diamante is uh, picking Eddie's pocket with his fucking octopus hands. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Deal, he's been on overtime with the WBC royalty belt. <laughs> Some fools claiming that this isn't real. <laughs> oh, surely not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just trying to think to see if they just like removed Hewitt and put someone else in there, like you know, everybody else in that list. No, I'm not going to say it. Fuck it. Oh, the WBC have uh, created. Uh, I'm not an NFL fan, as you know, Andy, but you might be. Apparently, some kind of NFL WBC belt or something. Someone sent this into me during well, the that week. That must be a while ago. Aussie will be correct me, but I'm sure that that's Jason Garrett, who was the head coach to the Cowboys. He's no longer there, so I've no idea how old that picture is. Must be at least two, three year old now, possibly. Right. Yeah, definitely. You're right, Andy. Yeah, was sent to me during the week. Did someone draw that picture or something? Look at the fucking state of that. Like, what's going on there? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the 3D like... rendering of what a, NFL, a former NFL coach would look like with a WBC belt. 
It might render this guy. Here he is, old Scam Jones. <laughs> you, can't, you can't blend in when you're born to stand out. Hashtag Sunday Quote Day. We should have Sunday Quote Day, shouldn't we, on here? Yeah, yeah, we should, mate. We absolutely should. We absolutely should. He's looking the banner well. juice, that one, eh? He's looking well. Uh, meanwhile, over at Bieber, got a fight report coming in here. Uh, Coulson and Piers secure world crowns on Saturday night, a capacity crowd packed into the Shirebrook Leisure Centre in Mansfield, as oh. you do, to watch the latest fare from Chris Boyle's Xbox promotional outfit that was headed by two world championship contests. I never knew boxing took part in fucking Mansfield, <laughs> part of outside the pubs, you know, you know <laughs> fucking hell. Well, there we are. Prior to the Coulson-Gomez WBU world championship fight was another female championship contest between Birmingham's Nicole Goldsmith and Nicaragua's Jamaleth Valeos. Mr. Jane Coach MBE Super Flyweight Challenge Belt. All oh, right, Matt, you missed it there, mate. You need to catch up that one. A wee episode for chicks for digs. I'll have to review. Yeah, the Jane Coach MBE Super Flyweight Challenge Belt, Matty. Are you familiar? This is a new one to me. There you are. Can't say that anymore. Uh, the IBO title was fought for quite heavily over the weekend. Uh, Maxi Hughes holds it. Anthony Kikachi holds it as well. But what in an unrelated... Fight, in an unrelated uh, Instagram message, Andy, famous names who held the IBO title, they protested too much, I think. Yep. <laughs> Alex Lewis, Klitschko, Fury, Joshua. It's in no means an afterthought. Absolutely not, man. I mean, you just look at the, the luminary of names there. All Hall of Famers, probably first ballots, not if I can see correctly here. Mostly, well, maybe no Joshua. But I'm telling you, one of the big five, as you say, mate, one of the big five, IBOs to be respected, and uh, why would why, you know, why would Shaker Stevenson not back a fight with Maxi Hughes? He's an IBO champion, so get it made. Get that unification made. At this stage, uh, it doesn't fucking matter, does it? It could be the fucking whoop de woo belt. It doesn't really fucking matter. There's so many belts. Like, why not? The there's, a belt on, I mean. there's a belt on the line every other week, isn't there? Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, I mean, get a few more world champions. That's what you need. Fucking 10 and all world champions. There's not enough of them, if you ask me. Bring back the WBU. WBF, well, mate. Excuse me, Matty, you weren't paying attention, clearly. The WBU World Championship fight was on the line at the weekends Jesus in the Shite Book, sorry, Shire Book Leisure Centre. Jesus fuck, I didn't even catch that. It was WBU. All these uh, all these acronyms just kind of blend together at the end of the day, Steve. Is it the German version or the UK version question? There's a fight over the WBU licensing ownership. Yeah, I heard that one. Yeah. Eddie. It's all going on. <laughs> Angelo nominating this one. The Hearn Matchroom ticket scam has no bounds. EHSC93 went to the Canelo Triple G fight last weekend. Bought the VIP package. Description said sign glove. Excited or exited. Both are two of my favourite boxers. Went to pick up package at Boxing Fan Expo day of the fight. Signed by Eddie Hearn himself. Who wants Eddie Hearn's autograph? Long story short, I got hustled. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> That's this evening, Ed. This is up there with charging the people for the pizza in the fight in his back garden, isn't it? Like, sign gloves and you get his signature. Who the fuck wants that, man? For fuck's sake. I mean, he's best pals with Canelo. How can he not get his fucking autograph? Isn't he? He's best pals with Canelo. He's got a picture of Canelo on his fucking mantelpiece in the house. How can he not get a fucking... Why can't he just get the two of the sign gloves? Exactly. What a cunt. That's the type of cunt move at Heron Pools, by the way. He wonders why we hate on him. What a cunt. Who would do that, man? Sign it, sign gloves. I, it was just Eddie signed I'll tell you And you bet it wasn't even Eddie that signed him. You know, it was Frank Smith did it. Like. I'll tell you who did it. I'll, I'll tell you who does, does that, Rob. A man with a huge fucking ego who fancies his fucking bar or something rotten, mate. Thinks he's a top tatty. Uncle Frank's back, though. Uncle Frank is back. Uncle Frank. Back in town. 
Here we are. Time to watch a child fight in Mexico on Pro Box. There's the 16-year-old Rob. Cue your Roy Jones Jr. nomination. Yeah, there's a guy. There's a guy that uh, Jones is training. I think he's from Pensacola. His name is some Irish name, Dan Murphy or Anthony fucking Murphy, something fucking like he could be my neighbor, but he's from Pensacola. And uh, I was looking at Jones saying he got a win with him. So I looked to check out his Instagram and there's this reel there. like, And it's like all like a montage of like footage of him when he's a child and or an actor playing him as a child kind of. And like he's doing the monologue and it's all about like, he's got some catchphrase about glory is permanent and hard work now and for glory is forever or something like and I was thinking, wow, like he must have had a fucking really, like, you know, kind of, I was like, how have I never heard of this fella? Like he's fucking, he must have had like a fucking kind of secret tra trajectory, like to get to this point. I looked at his fucking bio, four and oh, he's four and oh, cutting fucking promo reels for himself, like the fucking trailer for Creed. Unbelievable. What's going on with these fucking fights? We just go and beat someone first before you start fucking doing these videos. Like, unbelievable. He's narrating it himself and he's got his logo up there and everything. You gotta go, I gotta go find the guy. We play it some week, but fuck me, man. It puts Ryan Garcia, makes Ryan Garcia look like fucking Ricardo Mayaga. <laughs> he looks a bit like Ryan Garcia, doesn't he? On, on the telly. That's crying Garcia. <laughs> crying Garcia. Well, I hope you're happy you offended Oz. <laughs> Oz, he's gone, man. He's iced. He's had enough here. Oh, oh, well. You know what it's like uh, Bill of the Week. He's not built for 12, guys. He's not built no, for 12. Nothing from Oz. Uh, Declan has nominated Popo Freitas. I can't quite remember why now. He's maybe he's is he fighting a YouTuber or fight What's music it? show? Oh, I can't remember. He's fighting Pele, mate. I mean, he's fighting the fucking. Oh, Pele, player. that's what it was. He's fighting Pele, absolutely. What? Well, you never know. It he's might be the, the real Pele. <laughs> what? Uh, so that's what it says, yeah. No. Oh, I back with the bang. I don't know who it is. He's fighting Pele anyway. Maybe they'll get on the commentary. This guy, Steve Bunce, boxing expert. <laughs> yes, Bunce. <laughs> Joe Kennedy nominating him for being a boxing expert, of course. Uh, we all agree. Uh, here we are. Billy Boxing has nominated this. Tim Boxeo, Russian white supremacist, convicted felon, an all-around nice guy, Vyacheslav <laughs> Datsik, blasts out former Russian MMA star Alexander Emelie with a KO1 win in their heavyweight bout from Moscow, Russia. Get him on top, I say, Matty. If he's, if he's doing that, mate, he'll be, he'll be getting he'll be getting mobilised shortly up to the fucking Russian army to start fucking. Considering how hard it's going to be for this uh, for uh, any like uh, you know country that has people of color to uh, travel to Russia for a while here, he's got to feel conflicted about the fact that he's only going to be beating up white people. Yeah, but maybe they're not like pure Aryan white people. They could be fucking race traders. Anyway, I want to see him in with Wilder if they are his sentiments. Let's fucking let's have it with Wilder if that's the way he really feels. Let's see how he feels when it's fucking coming the other way. Bomb squad, baby, to this day. To this day. Uh, ben Russell, uh, Kate and Jay McCann, evidence-based investigation. There he is, Rob. Old, uh, old million-dollar crawler himself. <laughs> Rich and... Rich Planet. <laughs> it's becoming uncanny now, isn't it? You fucking see. That's Neil Sanders with the towel. You can't see his face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Who's that? Who's he in the ring with? I'm not sure who that was. Peter Hyatt, statement and act, statement <laughs> analyst. <laughs> That's Rhiannon Dixon. Oh, is it right? Yeah, he's with Rhiannon, old, uh, old Richard D. Hall himself. Here's one for you, Ozzy. Matthew Butters, uh, poor Shane, looked like he absolutely shot himself there. You've been talking a lot of crap. Things got heated and awkward between Joe Boxer and Shane Watson. Thing is with these things, Ozzy, 
why is Shane Watson? Why would he be shitting himself? What is the worst that's going to happen legitimately here? I mean, maybe Parker could get hold of him backstage, but in front of the camera, he's not likely to chin him, is he? Absolutely. Well, I mean, if he did, um, fucking well, hell. He'd he would, lose his he wouldn't be, yeah, exactly. So he wouldn't be getting that payday. But yeah, um, poor old Shane Watson certainly he soiled himself. Absolutely soiled himself when Parker confronted him. And won't mind. Parker's a nice character. Can you imagine he was mouthing off against someone like fucking Chisora or Chisora, Wilder, yeah. <laughs> who genuinely <laughs> would probably ensure that they got fucking he uh, he had a slap uh, off camera as well. So yeah, absolutely bottled it. He handled it okay actually, but. You could tell he was fucking nervous. But you're right. What is Parker going to do? Trying to humiliate him? Can't touch him. Can't touch this. So we've got here. Uh, Dave Caldwell has been nominated by Brian King. Things are heating up in the podcast scene. We're going to have a lot of fun with this. Me, Windass Jr. and Sam Jones, yeah, it sounds like fun, have turned our group chat into a podcast, Ball and Brawl, talking about the two best sports on the planet. Like and subscribe, I, Andy. But a ball and ball. I hate that ball bag wind ass by the way, right? I'll tell you a funny story, right? This is fucking God's poor truth. Brian was there that night, right? Him and Wes Fotheringham, who was a keeper for Rangers at the time, they were ringside for the Josh Taylor fight against O'Hara Davis, right? And I says, I'm going to bam up wind ass because he's thick as fuck, right? I went air to speak to Big Wes, right? I guess he's a keeper at Sheffield United these days, right? I went air to Big Wes and Fucking Windass seen me coming. He's getting ready for me to take a picture with him. I says, no, no, I want to speak to Wes, mate. And he was fucking raging. <laughs> You're gonna, not going to get invited on Ball and Ball? <laughs> fuck him, mate. Get me bored with that fucking knob, man. He's like, he's fucking daft, thick as fuck. <laughs> oh, I get subscribing. Uh, Ludy Bella and Eddie going backwards and forwards. Declan's nominated him. Eddie, lying again. Stop being being cute, says Lou. Are you ever fucking honest? Talking about the Boazzi Pascal. A Vardo agreement, Eddie, with an honesty shocker. I said sign glove, mate. I didn't say who's going to sign it. Mate, I thought I think it's really interesting this, by the way, about the uh, all this no Vardo Vardo. Debella did the Warren. He got out the emails, and what's on the email doesn't lie. Yeah. And it proved again, Eduardo oh, might be letting uh, essentially. Don't let the facts get in the way of his story. And yeah, it was convenient guy, time. Rooney, mate. It was Kev, Kevin Rooney. It was, he emailed one of, is it, is it George Leon, I think it is. I think he might be a manager of some sort. Uh, ah, he is, he's a former manager, uh, like Zol Erdai and Carlos Hernandez. He's got emails or a text message, I believe, stating for Rooney yeah, that, that I said it wasn't going to happen weeks ago. So here we are. Mm. Deadline day, and they're fucking running the pish. But the thing is, Pascal allegedly has got his paperwork in for Vardar testing. So if that is true, yeah. if that is true, Eddie, why not let the fucking process run? Why not just let the paperwork be processed? And as soon as the fight is signed, that's when testing starts. Because when fucking Floyd signed for a fight, his testing was no more or less than eight weeks, I believe, out from the fight. Mm. So they've shattered. Yeah, you shouldn't be getting tested by Varda if you're not in a signed deal. Like they're not it's for in competition only, isn't it? So yep. ultimately until that deal is signed, then yeah, absolutely. But they've been shown up here, I think. Um Debella basically I think just got so but look at that. Stop being cute. Are you ever fucking honest? And it, it says it there in black and white. And oh man, you can know it. You can tell who it's been sent to: Frank Smith, Tom Dallas, Sean Palmer. Boxing Talk G. Yeah, 
Yeah. Who's that? Oh, that's that's the guy, mate. That's the guy who's uh, the the manager of Carlos Hernandez back in the day in Zola. Yeah. That's the guy we're talking about. He must be Pascal's manager or, or acting uh-huh. for him yeah. in some sort of capacity. But he exactly. pulled so, Eddie's pants down because Eddie was running it with, with, with the YouTubers and that type of stuff, stating, or they wouldn't they wouldn't put it in the contract, for example. You need to bear in mind the fucking post bid was only three weeks ago, and the contract I believe was mm-hmm. was sent like the day before the deadline. Um, yeah. But it's, if you look at the contract that the, that they sent, they used the template, the IBF template contract, or the yeah, I believe. Yeah. And there was no bit in there about Vada, but they wanted that included. But uh, it's no, yeah. it's not a requirement. It's not a requirement until yeah. that it fight is signed. Up anyway. What are they doing having Boatsy fight fucking Pascal in the first place? Exactly, what the fuck is that fight being made for in the first place? And now there's a hurdle over it. Like it's just, it's just the show rolls on. Like done it with them. Like Honestly, mate, what what are they doing with him? Because again, this is another. This was an IBF final eliminated. So this was worth. You know, like we can shit on the fight all it is, but this was a worthwhile, a big opportunity. They've knocked this back now. You know, is it going to go back to purse bids again? What's going to happen? And then, conveniently. Two days before pulling out of this fight, an offer goes in to Buatsi to fight Callum Smith. Well, hang on. If you were all set on fighting, you know, Jean Pascal and Eduardo was agreeing to that, why is he making offers to fight other people in his stable? You know, people. some of these YouTubers do not call him out on stuff like this whatsoever. They just sit there like fucking puppies and just lapping it all up, you know, don't question him on anything. I'm not saying, you know, like you need to have like uh, interrogate him on everything, but stuff like this is just completely overlooked all the time. You know, and Lou DiBella there has got it in in black and white and they've been completely, you know, and Frank Warren's pissed off as well because this was, I think this was going to be the chief support to a Dubois show in November or December. This is a good fight, you know, you know, this was decent. That's fallen to pieces now as well. So, yeah, who knows? What's the money coming for him for a Callum Smith fight? I mean, Smith would want millions. Mate, Smith as well. For me, Buatzi is domestic level at the moment. He's not got any sort of real win that highlights that he's anywhere near world level. And this this Pascal fight, I don't think it was a walk in the park for him either, by the way. Uh, I'm not saying that, you know, he, he was going to fall short, but I, I think it would have been more difficult than people think. So for Smith, he'll want millions. I mean, it's a pay-per-view fight. It's not a pay-per-view fight, but the only way they're generating any sort of extra dough is through pay-per-view and it's it's not a pay-per-view fight either it's not would it sell out the old two maybe a push i can't see it though personally Limited capacity mate reduced capacity possibly either they're going to sell yeah 10 12 000, something like that yeah i just i just can't see it and but andy this is just another you know another chapter in the long in the fucking book and the career of Joshua Boatze. His career has been a complete shambles from start to current time now. It's been he's been managed awfully. Awful. You know, shit on, you know, Anthony Yard and stuff like that, all you want for ability. But Anthony Yard is getting prepped for his second crack at a world title now. Mm. Boatze's not even close to a shot at the moment. It's Absolutely nowhere near. Exactly. And and, and who had the background as well? Who had the bigger background, the bigger profile when turning over? And like I said, I go back, you can shit on Warren all you want, 
but he delivers for his fighters in these situations. Yards getting geared up for a second opportunity at world title, while Buatzi is in absolute no man's land, pulling out of final eliminators for a world title against Jean Pascal. It's just a shambles, and fuck knows what's going to happen, you know, because it's unpredictable. You've just no idea whatsoever. I've been told he's not happy at match room as well. Does he want to move on? Does he want to start afresh elsewhere? For me, he's nothing to lose because, you know, unless, you know, his team are turning down all sorts in the background, from what we always hear, that's not the case. And simply, you know, they've just, they've been too cautious with him, not giving him, you know, like the correct, like that Marco Kalic fight. Do you remember that? Yeah. What an awful fight that was. That ended up being harder than it was actually. And, you know, a a better test. Toughest yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But who the fuck is Marco Kalic, by the way? You know, it was billed on this Alan Babich spotted him, you know, and give him this rare, you know, this rave review. Bullshit. He was brought over to get banged out and Buatzi struggled with him. But the way he's been managed from start to finish, he rushed him through domestic level. I think he won the British, beat Liam Conroy. Now nah, we're vacating that now. Have two or three defences. Build him. Instead, there was this obsession to get up the levels and now they're pulling out of world, uh, of final eliminators for world titles. Feel, all all because of apparent dr- Vada things, and it's in black and white on the fucking screen now for those watching on YouTube, stating there, Lou DiBella, by the way, Jean-Pascal's promoter, I have instructed Vada that the programme may begin when we have signed about agreements from both fighters. Pascal's application and whereabouts have been submitted to Vada. Why would you go to that effort if you're not agreeing to it? He's not just submitting it for the crack to give Varda the runaround. That is evidence and clear that they were willing to enrol in Varda for this fight. And Hearn and Matchroom are saying complete otherwise. It's bullshit. Absolute bollocks. You, you, you know it's bad when Lou the Bella of old is about firing out more fucks than a fucking porn star about a mortgage, wasn't he? He was going fucking ballistic. Absolutely <laughs> Good. mental. Good, you know, it's, he likes to talk the talk in front of the camera. It's me against the world. Well, now you know fucking why. Because <laughs> he's a grade-A bullshitter. That's what he is. He's a liar. He's a compulsive liar. I think he believes his own lies as well. You know, they didn't want the fight. They don't want this. They don't want that. It's in black and white, mate. But guess what, and mate? Been... Who else is doing shows in Australia and Dubai and Spain and Italy and fucking America and that? Eddie. The man. Tell you what, I don't want to. I don't want to like, take the fucking value of the week off the fucking tracks at all anymore. Uh, but I'm kind of with Eddie in the Fury one, in the Fury Joshua thing, because he's seen it. Like hasn't he? He said like fucking. I don't know what he's doing. We're taking the offer seriously. We're having the chat. Whoop de whoop. The contract's a bit fucked up, and I feel like he's gonna fight someone else. Joshua that's what's gonna happen. Contract, though, mate. Joshua's saying he's gonna sign the contract. Well, maybe they might be trying to pull his bluff now, like, and if the fight yeah, goes possibly. ahead, it is what it is. But I, I believe firmly that he's fighting Manny Char. But anyway, sorry, go ahead. No. Nope, to see good. Ed, I was sticking up for you there, Ed. Evening, yep. Ed. Fuck no. off. Well, Kelly, sticking up for Ed. <laughs> <laughs> Those are all the ones I've got. Who have you got, Matty? Any nominations? Belly of the Week 493, please. Nah, I've been too sick to pay much attention this weekend, Steve. Good lad. Hope he's not fatal. Andy, any for you, please? Yeah, one for Jake Paul, mate. He's basically calling the Eddie and Matchroom and who's the, who's the judge again? Glenn Feldman, I think it yeah, was. Feldman. Uh, basically saying that they've paid off the judge 
That's the reason why Serrano got beat off Taylor and uh, what, was the, what was it, the cards at the weekend, I think it was? Was it Canelo Golovkin? Sorry, mm-hmm. I forget which other yep. fight he was talking about. Yep. So anyway, Eddie's sent in his, his bulldog, Frank Sal- is it, is it Salzano. Um, they're wanting $100 million in damages. <laughs> Good luck with that, mate. That ain't happening, I wouldn't think. Um, Espinosa getting involved in this this uh, this uh, gibberish that fucking Eddie was trying to spin us with the pay-per-view numbers for last week. So obviously there was a bit of dispute going on about how many of the buys actually did. I think they kind of settled on a 1.06 million pay-per-view buys. <laughs> it later transpires that they're also including his own subscribers into the count for the pay-per-view numbers. So as Eddie, I think, was saying, it was, it was I think it was to Andy on ID Boxing who was saying that, uh, so if if you bought the pay-per-view, but uh, in, in other territories where you just got it on subscription, that counts as a buy. So uh, I wonder what the real number really is. I think it'll be fucking far south of fucking one million buys, I can guarantee you. Uh, and that's it, mate, I think, really. Oh, sorry, the guy with the fucking... Uh, the Union Jack fucking oh, yeah. uh, the, the inspector the waistcoat the waistcoat yeah. aye the inspector one for him as well mate <laughs> that was a good one uh, Rob any for me please um, no just your man the, the fucking cat. how's the cat fight <laughs> the cat's gone the cat's gone though fucking disappeared it's like a rental shot UFO like caller. Um, please. No, Andy, I'm mine with the Jake Paul her being sued for a million, which recently revealed now papers have been officially submitted to sue uh, Jake Paul for the sum uh, as stated previously. So, yeah, Hearn's been serious on this one. What, Eddie? Hearn's been serious. Yep, there we go. Right, let's go over them very quickly then before we get out of here for the evening. First of all, we had Lee Wiley with Unrivaled Analysis. Then we had Ryan <laughs> Deal doing a little bit of a spoof on that. We had Canelo with his crown. We had the royalty belt, the NFL belt, which is an old one, but a good one. We had Scam Jones. We had the WBA Championship and the Jane Coach belt. We had the IBO title as well. We had Eddie signing gloves on behalf of the... We had the young fella, old Prince Andrew. We had Popo Freitas fighting against Pele. We had the boxing expert. We had Tim Boxeo's Russian supremacist. We had uh, Richard Paul, his uh, unrivaled investigation work. We had Shane Watson shitting himself. We had the uh, Heat Is On podcast. We got the Buatsi Bout Agreement net. And, oh yeah, I forgot to mention that one, the Battle of the Boogeymen, apparently Andrade against Paterbi. I think we added that one in the other week. So we shall leave it for tonight. Matty, quite a strong week. Who are you going for? Oh, I, I just think you, we'll just roundly give it to Eddie. Let's do that. Oh, roundly giving it to Eddie for Matty. Who are you going for, Andy? Yeah, I'll go for Eddie, mate. He's had a fucking absolute mare this week. Shite card last night. Yeah, I'm going to give it to Eduardo. Good evening. There's two for Eduardo, Rob. Who are you going for? I kind of want to go for fucking Fury and all for this fucking shite shenanigans, but I've covered it enough. Um, so, Eddie for the, Eddie for the, for the sign glove. That's amazing, by the way. That was definitely oh the pick God. of it all. Nearly spit out a six-pound pizza when you heard that. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, even today, you can have it this week. 
I'll go for Eddie as well. So it's a bit of a clean sweep, Aussie. Who are you going for for formality reasons? Nothing from Oz. Eduardo, of course. <laughs> the week winner for episode 493 and that's where we shall leave it um, my internet playing up so I'm just going to play the outro yeah. and we'll get out of here, thanks to everybody who's left Super Chats and bye We'll never forget Yeah, let's get that Go to Adam We want to be honest, yeah Crying like a little bitch I'm not a mate of fucking so I ain't going to fight me I fell asleep. I fell asleep. You're a fucking bomb. You're a fucking asshole. Rumpel fucking stealth skin. But allegedly, Oscar Rivas has has, has failed has failed a test. Seven year eight. Seven year eight. I will fucking smash. Fuck you. I hope you fucking die. Be safe. I love boxing sounds. Simple as that. Podcast Network.